see how it all started for one of Disney's most beloved characters in the all-new movie, The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning. Imagine a time long before Ariel met Prince Eric and walked on land, a time when music was banned from the underwater kingdom of Atlantica. Torn between family duty and her love of music, Ariel must make the most difficult choice of her life. With the help of her friends, Sebastian and Flounder, and her six amusing sisters, will the young mermaid be able to restore music, friendship, and love to the kingdom? An all-star cast returns, including Jody Benson as Ariel and Samuel E. Wright as Sebastian. Plus, meet the deliciously wicked villain, Marina Del Rey, in a marvelous musical adventure teeming with surprises, breathtaking animation, and all-new songs. This week on the Made for TV podcast, it's The Little Mermaid, colon, Ariel's Beginning! Pod, pod, keep casting, keep singing, we're almost there, (laughs) keep going, don't stop, I'm stopping, fuck this, I'm like, (laughs) I I got dairy throat, (laughs) Kyle, I got a dairy throat, got a dairy throat a dairy that's, throat that's a medical diagnosis right there, there. it is this is our diagnosis the dairy throat <laughs> well sir. as you know because i texted you i'm i'm cracking open some of my homemade eggnog today mm, with so jealous a, a copious amount of bourbon and rum in it too much <laughs> some might say but if there's one thing i know about podcasting it's that there's nothing better for your voice than alcohol and dairy right before recording <laughs> so let's it's going to be good today, folks. It's going to be hot, hot action. Wet action, though, because we're under the sea today. Well, your, your cold open, that was much better than mine, but you want, do you want to hear mine? Of course I do. It's all I've ever wanted. Here it goes. Take me out to Atlantica. Take me out to the castle. Buy me some kelp and seaweed. I don't care if I ever get back to land. You seem confused. <sighs> yeah, what's the joke? <laughs> what the hell does this well, mean? It's a baseball movie. Uh-huh. It's about Ariel's big inning. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> I'm glad you have some eggnog in you already. Woo! I loved it. You know what's extra gross about this eggnog is I got Dairy Queen earlier today, too. So I'm like loaded with dairy and sugar right now. You're not taking a poop for two or three days. It's a healthy week for me then. Unless you're (laughs) lactose intolerant, then you're really. I think I'm pretty pretty tolerant in general of lactose, I would say. I tolerate it. I'm not one of those people who gets really rumbly from lactose. You you ever know somebody who who is lactose intolerant but just loves dairy, and so it it just they just deal with the consequences. Uh, no, but that sounds like that something was, you would do if you found out no, you were lactose me. intolerant, and they were like, "You can't drink eggnog anymore." You would just do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know you would. It's cl- it was it was my roommate Jordan Duran uh-huh. for all four years of college. Well, then we would this was a trap get. question. 
because I know Jordan Duran, so you tricked me. You oh, already <laughs> know that I you knew You must him. not know Jordan very well, then. <laughs> you hmm. son of a bitch! Now Jordan's going to hate me. No, him and I in college would go to the C-store, or uh, mm-hmm. as as we called it, because the uh, the sign was poorly designed. College, the store, because Ooh. the the wasn't in the right spot. That's all no. any college is, man. You're just paying for an overpriced piece of paper at this store <laughs> exactly i don't even know where that paper is actually it's over here i think you have like don't you have like three of them what do you mean <laughs> you don't know where it is i, I have mul- yes i have my many multiple degrees there in a pile somewhere i really should frame them and put them in the office so I think that's are like, are an, you a real a, doctor? See, I was going to say, I think it's an insecure move for a doctor to have the diploma on the wall. You know, I see oh, that. And I'm hear, like, they don't have confidence in themselves. <laughs> they, you want to hear the best thing? So there's this, so there's this company out there. Um, it's called Top Doctors of America, right? Mm-hmm. And they will send you a letter like every year saying that you are one of the top, you have been selected as one of the top doctors in Indiana and in Fort Wayne. On, on in your practice location, you're one of the you've been selected. Wow! And it's a scam. Yeah, of course. Because <laughs> of course it's a scam. Well, when I was a resident, we all got them right, and yeah. so I was like flaunting mine. I taped it on the wall because I because I was like you know as a joke, basically like look how cool I am. But you go onto their website and you can buy one of their like de- like wall hanging things that says mm-hmm. that you're one of the top doctors. It's like two hundred fifty bucks. So it's like they want you to spend the money on those. And that so, seems worth it to me to buy so I can hang it on my wall. And- well, there's been like a journalist who reached out one time and was like, hey, can I have this? I'm not a doctor, but I got the the thing. And they sent that he was able to buy his own and like send it to him. So. You could get America's top podcaster and Ooh. just put it in the background. I think that I think they would vet that and say no. Like they don't vet the doctors, but they would <laughs> they like they'd they be like, "What's your podcast? podcast?" We say yes to everyone. Don't worry. And then uh, actually, we checked. You are literally the worst, so we can't even lie and say you're in the top like ninety nine percent. That's what they would say to me. Hey, yeah. speaking of, what is this podcast, Kyle? Oh, welcome everybody to the Made for TV podcast. This is the show dedicated to celebrating and exploring the unique world of movies made for the small screen. Mm-hmm. My name is Kyle. And my name is Scott. And you know what, Kyle? This movie may be called Ariel's Beginning, but it's an ending for us because this is the end of our very first prolonged miniseries on the world of Disney straight-to-DVD sequels to their animated theatrical films. We've done it. The end. Woo! Everybody click that unsubscribe button. Unsubscribe. We're done. We are finished. (laughs) We're, We're not, not finished. Done. We're not done. We still got at least 30 minutes of quality content ahead of us in the years <laughs> to come, I think. Like, you average it out. Wait. Wait. Hundreds <laughs> of episodes. There's probably 30 minutes worth of of actual yeah, listening quality time. content in there, I think. Yeah. Good. Be good. Yeah. No, we have what? We have, I mean, we're going to be doing the DCOM movies. Event, yeah, but we're not going to, well, we should make it clear. We've discussed this ourselves internally. There's been internal discussions of how we are not recommitting to another 20 plus, you know, episode miniseries or whatever. So when we do the DCOM movies, which we will do, we're going to break them up into like groups 
arbitrary oh, yeah. groups. You know, it'll it'll be more like it's March. Let's do basketball themed decom movies. You know, it'll be like mm-hmm. that. That's our plan for the future. What, so you're saying, I mean, these these 28 movies that we've gone through just now, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that with the 110 decom <laughs> movies? We would go insane, I think. It would only take us, just if we did just the decom movies, Yeah, it would take us, just well, I guess when I calculated years. it out, I did three a month, and that would take us six years if we did three a month. Well, that's an insane way to calculate. Oh, because we talked about, did we talk about we, doing like... Bonus episodes. We talked about doing a uh, one episode a month where it would be something different. Ah, but that's fair. But I think they that will you, be. Um, I think that's yeah. still the right way to calculate it would have been 40 episodes a year because of the fact that there's only 12 months. If we're only doing one bonus episode a month, there's 52 weeks in the year. You just subtract those one week from each month. So I think it was more intense 40. where I got rid of the Halloween months and the Christmas you, month ah, as well. You, you so excised it, where you knew we would be doing themes. Yeah, but you forgot about You forgot about Halloween and Christmas in July, which will obviously think, be happening I don't, on I don't know if I actually did. I think <laughs> this is a long time ago we talked about this. This was 10 episodes ago. I don't know. It was Forever. more than that, probably. Who knows? Yeah, that seems like a long time, but then that, yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Anyways, yeah, mm-hmm. so we are not finished, and next up is Christmas. Secret. We'll talk about that at the end of the episode, maybe. Will. Kyle will have his list of made-for-TV. The naughty and nice list? Yes, the naughty. Is that what you deemed it? The naughty no. and nice list? <laughs> you just said list, and that's what All came right. to mind. That's so. fair. <laughs> We're having... I have to come we up will with some be, sort instead of, of for the Instead of ranking nice the list. movies... Instead of giving them a star rating for Christmas, we should deem them either naughty or nice. Naughty or nice. <laughs> nice. That's, I yeah. love it. <laughs> so we're going to change up the format and not rate them. We're just we're doing basically the Siskel and Ebert thumbs up, thumbs down system. I give this one a naughty. Ooh, a du- two, na- two naughties. <laughs> two, two thumbs up. I don't know. I was trying to go for something there. It didn't was, work. It went really, I think it worked really well, honestly. Okay. You should, I think we should linger on it and dissect it further. That's <laughs> <laughs> what we should do. Hey, speaking of Christmas, Kyle, this episode is Dece- it's December first because we record this the day that it comes out, of course. So yeah, we did. Christmas. And we is right discussed should we do this as a Christmas one, and we realized we had one of these yeah. movies left, so we're we're blasting through it. We're getting no getting over getting the shit out of the way, which is probably what they said when they were making Ariel's Beginning. And yeah. they, they were they had already canceled all future sequels and they were just like, well, this one's halfway done. We might as well fucking get it out of the way. Like, yep. And lucky for us that they did do that because we could have ended on Cinderella three, a pretty good movie. And instead we get to end on a, a wet fart. <laughs> oh, vet, oh, wet. A big old Specifically wet because mm-hmm. it's under the sea. So but that's just a little tease for for a little bit later. Kyle, how are you? this week how's it going let's just chill linger good uh what even happened this week well we oh oh i know i I did something big this week i went on a trip a trip yeah heck yeah i went up to frankenmuth michigan Mm mm-hmm and what's in franken what's in frankenmuth michigan frankenmuth is like a little christmas town in michigan that's a christmas there all year frankenmuth is a movie 
about a moose that has been brought back to life by an evil scientist, but he has a lisp. Frankenmuth. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Okay. Cash mispronounced Frankenmuth and said Frankenmoose, and then I said, "Why is that not some of their like Halloween decorations? Like, why is <laughs> there not be. a Frankenmoose? Absolutely. Maybe there be. is. There's a store there called Frank's Muth, mm. and it's like his store, but and that's probably the cleverest pun that they have there, but." It's like Frank a German smooth. town. So, sounds like Frank Smooth, if you ask me. He came up with that Ooh. great pun. Yeah, yeah, he is. Okay, that's enough. Tell me about your town. It was. It's a little German town. Um, they do. There's a couple of places where you get big German chicken dinners, and it's a lot of fun. And then the the big what? the big attraction. What? I already have to cut you off. What is a German chicken dinner? What does that consist know. of? Uh, fried chicken. Okay. Mashed potatoes. Okay. Noodles. There's a, there's a name for it. I don't think it's stroganoff. Maybe it's stroganoff. I mean, I'm I familiar know. with stroganoff. I don't know if it's German. I don't. I don't know its origins. It's a bunch of noodles. Um, what else do we eat? A big beer. They, they bring out like a million things, right? They pretzels. bring out bread. They bring out jams. They bring no, no pretzels. They bring out. Um, they have a lot of like German beers on tap that you can order. Um, they, gosh, I ate so much, so many things. Um, anyways, it's, yeah, just a feast. Like they bring out like eight appetizers and then your, the main course is the like noodles and mashed potatoes and, and your chicken. And then you like end with an ice cream at the end. And so it's all served, served family style. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, it's fun to hit up. I always have to order sauerkraut extra, which I think is just lame. You know, like if it's a German dinner thing, it should come with sauerkraut. But I'm a sauerkraut lover, and nobody else really likes it, so it's probably understandable. Sauerkraut is just like, like, like pickled cabbage, right, or something like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's so like, good. It's like white people kimchi or something like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I eat. I could. I eat plates of that stuff. Like it's so good. I ate the whole serving. Like nobody else in the whole family wanted any. But doesn't I it make you it. poop? Uh, not me. Okay. I don't well, know. Maybe I think it. Other people do. I sw My mom was a big sauerkraut fan. And, and she was a big pooper. No, but she. T I remember her telling me once about my grandpa eating a bunch of sauerkraut going to the store with my grandma and doing like, you know, like you're walking and there'll be like a little ledge and you kind of like jump up on like the little, the, like the sidewalk ledge. Like yeah. he hopped up and then allegedly just froze in place and turned to my grandma and said, I just shit my pants and I had to go back home. <laughs> and it was the sauerkraut. Yeah, that's that's the and what you, she and told you've been me. afraid of sauerkraut ever since. Terrified of it, yeah. <laughs> I That's don't like Germans and I don't like crowd. sour things, so why would I want a sauerkraut? Am I right? Uh, have you ever you've tried it though, haven't you? Maybe when I was a kid. I don't think it's ever really been presented to me as an adult. I'll be we'll honest. Eat some I'll, I will buy some sauerkraut for the house. Uh, you got to make it. I want to try it when you make it. I don't know how to make it. You're gonna have to look up a recipe and make some. I want good sauerkraut. I want you to look up a great recipe and make it the first time I try it's it. It's gotta be super easy, so I should do it because I love it so much. There you go. That's the danger the of learning how to make things that you love, though, is you might overindulge. Like eggnog. <laughs>
Yeah, and the uh, the big attraction in Frankenmuth is the store called Bronner's, which is just a massive uh, Christmas store with tons of decorations, kids' toys, books. Most of it is like ornaments. Like they have any mm-hmm. ornament you could dream of is there. Um, and then they have like Christmas trees, lights, all this stuff. And uh, throughout the store, um, there's just like inf- not inflatables, but like big. The, like plastic Christmas stuff mm-hmm. that like lights up all around. So it's like a very cool store. And uh, we spent about three hours there every time we go. And so it was, it was a great trip. We went with both my parents and Carrie's parents and we all stayed in Airbnb and it was real fun. So, yeah, and the kids had a great time. It was Cammy's first time, Cash's second. And we so. try to go there every other year. So, well, let, so I know you went this year, so I'll go every other year, but I'll go next year, so yes, I don't have to worry perfect. about running into you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You our... can't mess up our routines, you know. Yeah. No, it's okay. It's I'm not worried about your routines. <laughs> just uh, <laughs> I'm just trying to get some distance here, Kyle. Um, my week. How was your week? Let's yeah. think. When did we last record? We recorded on a Wednesday? Yeah. A whole weekend happened, and I really feel like I did something this weekend, and I can't remember <laughs> what it is. I'll be honest with you. Like, I swear to God, we were busy one of the days of this week, and, and I'm totally <laughs> blanking on what it was that we did. It's irrelevant. Celia will You'll remember later. it later. Yeah, I'll remember later. I know I made eggnog, two batches of eggnog. I tried two different recipes. I have one mm. that I've made a couple times before, um, but I branched out and tried a different one. This different one yields more, and it's got, like, alcohol accounted for it in the recipe, which is good. I like alcohol, but I will say it's not as flavorful. I think that I need to combine the spices of the first recipe because I like the consistency of this one better, but the flavor better of the other one. So You master this recipe, and then you send it to me. Mm -hmm. That's my my goal. I know there's one way I can win Kyle's heart forever. It's by making the best eggnog. Yeah, that is so true. (laughs) It's it's surprisingly kind of tedious, I find, to make the eggnog uh, mm-hmm. because you have to like first you use the stand mixer with sugar and eggs and get that all whipped up, which is fine. But you got to heat up milk to like just the right temperature and add it slowly to the eggs so you don't cook them on accident, like scramble the yolks. So you got to temper them slowly. And then you got to put that all back on the stove and heat it up to like exactly 160 degrees and wow. pull it off and like strain it. It's just like, it's a lot of work to be honest to not taste that much better than just buying it at the store. <laughs> like, like, I tried, I made one batch last year with the sous vide, mm-hmm. the sous vide, and uh, it was very, it was a very, the consistency wasn't there. The taste was, but it wasn't thick like mm. you want. It's hard to so. get it the right thickness, I feel like. I struggle with that too. Yeah. Ladies. Uh, <laughs> Um, what the hell else was I going to say about Oh, but I did also, this time I saved my egg whites and I made a berry mousse with them when I was done. I felt very, Ooh. I felt very productive. That's I was fancy. Like, mm, all I got to do is just throw the, 
some frozen berries, some egg whites, and some sugar in the food processor for like three minutes, and it whips it all up into a like fluffy, airy, delicious Sounds treat. Like you're trying to get on uh, Great British Baking Show. Or it's something probably like because I've been watching so much Great British Bake Show. The new season is oh, almost done. Good. One more episode left. Wow. Yeah. It, does it come out? Comes it out come weekly. out all at once? Is no. it on Netflix though? It is on Netflix, but it comes out weekly because I think it That's airs fun. on the BBC or whatever channel in like the UK. So like Netflix just puts them up after it airs there or whatever. It's a good season. I really like the most recent season. So highly cool. recommend you watch it. it. Yeah. That's uh, I think that's it for anything interesting in my week since I can't remember what we did beyond that. Just a lot of movie watching for me. I'm closing in on my goal of 400 movies. So woo woo 13 Big more to goal. go. What are you gonna when you hit four hundred? What are you gonna do? Walk outside or no? Probably watch another movie to celebrate. <laughs> the problem is I'm going to hit four hundred this month, and there's like five different movies I want to watch coming out next month in theaters anyway. So it's like I could really yeah, just stop lot, now. There's a lot of stuff coming out in theaters that I want to see. Hell yeah! And I've realized, oh crap, I can't. It's hard for me to go to see movies. We'll just cancel nope. this podcast. I guarantee you, you have at least one free night a week you could be using for seeing movies. It could just be movies. movie night. Yeah. You and I, movie night. I would love that. That's what our Patreon's going to be is our movie night. We're just going to go watch a movie and do a commentary live on it. That's our Patreon someday. Yeah. Love it. I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife in the theater. It okay. sucked. It sucked. <laughs> I thought it sucked. It didn't look great. It looked, I don't know. I don't know what it looked like. It's like a really, I mean, it, it's like a PG-13 family comedy that's fine. It feels more like a Casper movie than like a Ghostbusters movie. I'll put it that way. Got it. It's not about like fat old dudes who are basically plumbers that stop ghosts in New York, you know? Like, it's a completely different vibe as a movie. So it's like, whatever, who cares? Not very good. Don't see it. People probably will anyway. I think it's number one in America and the world, whatever. You know, I just realized, like, the Ghostbusters uh, and the Ghost Hunters show on sci-fi that mm-hmm. I love and Carrie loves, very similar premises. Because on Ghost Hunters, they were roto rooter guys. Yeah. Like, for the company. That just did this as a hobby, mm-hmm. and then Sci-Fi like picked them up to do it on their show to do to go around and do ghost hunting stuff. Look at so, that! Great show. Yeah. I like Ghost Hunters more than Ghost Adventures. Yeah, Ghost Hunters is is real. Like they take they seem to take it seriously. Where other shows, all the other shows I've ever seen, they get way too dramatic. Yeah, with it. Ghost Hunters, like, they're skeptics at least like they'll be yeah. like it could be this it could be a ghost but it's probably this they look for what it could be and then yeah. ghost adventures is like something just brushed past me dude yeah. Like, yeah. it's so it's, so it's, ex- it's like it's so dumb like you just want to turn it off when people like are like freaking out like i yeah. think it's right next to me guys <laughs> like freaking That's, out where it's I like always quote where like Oh, God, what? The first episode of Ghost Adventures has like a part where he's like, did you just scratch me? Something scratched my arm. <laughs> we quote that all the time. It's so stupid. Like Ghost Hunters is great. It's great because they're like, no, that was probably a door. And then it's like, but I had the video on it and the door didn't move. And then they like get freaked out by like little things like that, you know, where, and it's like, Oh, that would be actually a little bit freaky if it was something 
like real and tangible yeah. that you thought, not like you know, I got <laughs> scratch. You know, it's it's like, so it's like the tiniest scratch on his arm. It's clear he walked by like a nail or something, you know, like in this <laughs> old abandoned building. Like it's so stupid. And if you're listening and you're saying to yourself, why are they talking about ghosts in December? Uh, let me just point at somebody named Ebenezer Scrooge, who was visited by uh, multiple yeah. ghosts. So ghost stories are a big part of the Christmas season. They'll be scary ghost stories and tales of the glories of Christmases <laughs> long, long ago. All right. So shut, so shut the fuck up if you listen to me and you say something. Yeah, shut up. Get out of here. Shut up. We don't even want you to listen. Tweet at us, and we'll tell you you're a nerd. nerd. <laughs> Fucking nerds. Uh, that's enough about our weeks, Kyle. We've said everything we need to say about Little Mermaid before, right? Yeah. Right? I think I mean, so. Is there anything so. additional that we need New to add? and groundbreaking? No, I don't think so. I like I think we Little even Mermaid. Talked about, we even talked about the live action we did. Little Mermaid last time. Yeah. Did you watch that? I strongly recommended that you watch it. I haven't worked episode. it into my schedule yet. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm saving it for number 400. So that's going to be the 400th movie I watched. It is the live action production. It's on Disney Plus. So you can just watch. I got access. I'm in. It. Perfect. You can watch that just train wreck of the show. I mean, I'm so. it seems like a good one to like get drunk and watch, I'm going to guess. Like, feels yeah. like it's probably fun to just watch with other people. It's probably the only way to have fun while watching it. So, yeah. Fair enough. All right. Well, then, we know we both like The Little Mermaid 1 a lot. You mm-hmm. like The Little Mermaid 2. I did. I did not love The Little Mermaid 2. I think I gave it 2 out of 5. So. I don't remember my score. It was definitely positive. I think you gave it, it six like out of five. I think you said six it was your favorite yeah, was movie. A, and then you... It was a classic uh, Cash's yeah. score. I gave it like a seven out of two. Uh-huh. So. And, then, and then you you got a tattoo of Titanic Tip and Daring Dash, Adventurer slash Explorers. Yeah. But yeah, you had it the tattooed opposite. the yeah. way that they sing it. So like it's Adventurer slash, and then it like smushes together and says slash Explorers really close together because they say it too tight yeah that's what you got right he's showing it to me now i thought it was weird that he got it like on his ass and it the word like adventurer slash explorers is right above the hole i feel like that's kind of suggestive but that's that's what he did no that on the no that my ass tattoo is just ursula's crazy sister sister. (laughs) so it's so i can when i moon people Oh, they go. <gasps> it's Ursula's it's crazy, crazy sister. sister. I would get if I could get a tattoo of a sound bite. I would get Sebastian Scream from Little Mermaid two tattooed <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah, I love that part so much still. But enough about the past because it's time. Well, actually, not enough about the past because it's time for a prequel. Kyle, yeah, we need to go back. We need to see Ariel's beginning. <gasps> we need to know. Her be- beginning. I was, thank God, because I was questioning her beginnings. I had a lot of, I was always wondering, what was her beginning? Question. What, yeah. what happened before all the events of The Little Mermaid? I need to know. We should just pop it in, don't you think? Let's do it. You know, they should have called this movie The Littler Mermaid, right? Because yeah. it's her younger. <laughs> would have been better, I think. Well, I think it would be, well... I was thinking Little Mermaid would be good for Little Mermaid 2 because mm. 
because it's Melody, but is she, she's younger. Melody is younger. Melody is 12 in Little Mermaid 2 and Ariel's 16 in the first movie. And in this one, Ariel's, Ariel, I think she's like five in the beginning flashback and then it's 10 years later. So she's 15 in this movie. For the majority so it could of be it, littlest mermaid, like littler. I think it should be mermaid. littler mermaid, and then part two should be called like another little mermaid or something, you know, like because it's a different mermaid. Whereas the title of Little Mermaid refers to Ariel in my mind, so the littler mermaid would say to me, "Oh, it's Ariel, but she's littler." And then another little mermaid for the sequel is, "Oh, it's another mermaid who is little, and that's Melody." Yeah, they definitely should have named it another little mermaid. I think they should have, and people (laughs) wouldn't have been confused. (laughs) Well, Kyle, it's time to flippity-flop and slide to the side. The pot is jumping, it's time to cast. What is that? I just quoted part of this movie I wrote down, because I like the way that... It's like the, the phrase that Flounder uses to get into the secret club later in the movie. Can you say it again? It's like flippity flop and slide to the side. And then I don't remember what the actual thing is because I changed it to the pod is jumping. It's no, I wanted again. you to say what you wrote again because okay. it was cool. Kyle, it's time to flippity flop and slide to the side. The pod is jumping. It's time to cast. Let's go. Woo. Woo. A completely standard boring castle intro again. Modern uh, castle. Modern castle. <laughs> Turd. Um, that castle was mind blowing when it first came out it was but it's just it's a bit much you know it's It's a little much (laughs) Um, and then it just like fades to the title card little mermaid ariel's beginning over a shot of the beach and sebastian r.i.p uh narrates the story as we see some mermaids and shots of atlantica right and he's just like long ago everything was great and there was music and everyone was happy is basically his point um Mm -hmm. He describes a, 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 a flashback scene where Ariel was a little girl and Triton's hair was red. Um, and I like that I did. I take a, took a note early. His hair's red? It's like orange, orange red. I don't know. For some reason, I thought it was just brown. I think it's got a little more of, of, a, of an auburn hue to it. <laughs> I don't know. What okay. the, it's, that would it's make a sense. It's orangey. I think... She looks like she's like a good mix of her two parents or whatever to get her red hair, but I don't know. Neither of them are quite the same hair tone as her. Um, I do want to say, though, I like that when they're in Atlantica in this flashback, we see some plus-sized mermaids. You know? Oh, yeah. This is the first we time do. we don't see any that aren't, like, skinny hot, like like 90, or I guess it was 89 when Little Mermaid came out, but, like, that very thin look to the mermaids. Yeah, like extremely thin. Yeah. Yeah. There's some thick mermaids. and um, good. We also see some kid mermaids, including Ariel and all her sisters. And I love how, like, little, like, she looks like little chonky Ariel. Yes. Like, you know, like a tubby little kid. Yeah, like how a toddler looks. Yes. It kind of looks like they just took her normal head and placed it on the (laughs) chonky body, though. It's like... Some shots of it just looks weird, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's I like it. It's funny. I like it too. Um, well, what I was gonna say is, I remember I complained in the Little Mermaid too that I hate Melody's design where she's wearing like that ugly shirt the whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, 
why couldn't they just have her be wearing like a sports bra like they have all these mermaids doing you know yeah, like they learned yes. apparently they learned they learned how to design it yeah. and not make it weird melody's raggedy nest like just old t-shirt that she wears so gross i hate that It'd be so wet and, like, disgusting feeling after being yeah. in water for hours. <laughs> Yuck. Um, I was confused about Ariel's sisters and their ages right off the bat. I find this very confusing mm-hmm. that they have seven kids. Are they? Do you think that mermaids are like fish and they just, like, lay a bunch of eggs? Well, guess what? <laughs> I have a Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. <laughs> Look at that. To jump into this a little bit in a weird way. But here we go. It's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. It's Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. What's wrong with them? So, essentially, I'll start this conversation off with, I was confused with the hair color Mm. of Ariel's mom, which is red. It's very similar to Ariel's. It's a little bit different, but... Ariel's Ariel's mom already looks like exactly like Ariel. Yeah. Like it's too much, like way too much that she looks exactly like Ariel, especially yes. when her and King Triton are like That's like his like favorite daughter and kissing. Or whatever. Like yeah, yeah and like and she's yeah. it shows him and like the wife Athena, like flirting like, and kissing, yeah. which is normal. But it's just so strange because it's like it looks like Ariel. Like it is like the same thing. Mm-hmm. But I was looking like his so Ariel's mom's hair color is just straight red and Triton's is what I was thinking brown but brownish red kind of fits better but all this but Ariel's the only kid out of 7 that has red hair which doesn't really make sense for red hair genetics so I kind of looked into it a little bit because I knew that it was wrong or at least not mm-hmm. likely and so red hair Gen- uh, genetically, um, the main gene is the MC1R gene. It's a recessive gene, so that's why you see a lot of people without red hair have a kid with red hair because the parents might have two recessive genes that aren't being expressed. They pass both of those recessive genes to the kid, and the kid has red hair. Now, if you have red hair, you're likely to have two of these recessive genes, and Triton has to have one of these recessive genes, and he's got, like, kind of brownish red, so Mm -hmm. sometimes they can mix a little bit. So it would make sense that his offspring, their offspring, it should be a 50% chance that they have uh, red hair. And these offspring have clearly... It's not a fifty percent ratio. It's like because only only one Ariel and the rest are like blonde and they have like every color of hair. I feel yeah. Like. There's yeah. two blonde ones, which don't really make sense at all because there's. I mean, like, I am firing up the Disney hair. wiki and going to the trivia and goof section as we speak. <laughs> yeah, this I I really had no diagnosis for this movie, so it's kind of a stretch. Mm-hmm. But this is <laughs> this is what I looked into, but. Anyways, uh, for I was surprised for blonde and brown hair, there's about 200 different genes for that. And then apart from the MC1R gene for red hair, there's only like eight other genes that can code for red, for red hair. So lots of different types of brown and blondes with mm-hmm. and red, there's not so many. So it was weird. I was like, how is that possible? And then I'm like, well, maybe, you know, I was thinking maybe Ariel's mom, you know, maybe wasn't super faithful to Triton. But then I was thinking, you know what? Their bottom half is fish. Yeah. 
they probably reproduce Mm -hmm. like fish reproduce, which Mm -hmm. is the mom lays eggs, dad swims over and fertilizes those eggs. Busts a nut in the eggs. Yeah, Yeah, busts a nut (laughs) over the the eggs. That's the scientific term, right? The medical term is busts a nut. Yeah, okay. Milks the waters. I don't know. Weird. Um, and uh, and so, I I I decided to search this to see if anybody else had these thoughts or what they thought how mermaids reproduce. And mm-hmm. I did find a Reddit post from seven you years some, ago. You found some interesting information when you googled how mermaids reproduce. <laughs> how mermaids reproduce? Yes. <laughs> some good videos out there. Some guys. interesting videos and images. Um. Yeah, it took quite a. There's a lot of research that went into it, but I found a found a Reddit post of a guy essentially speculating this and then saying, "Well, if King Triton is the male fish, he probably, you know, as the king, a lot of females probably want to to provide their eggs to be fertilized by him. So it's likely that all of his daughters maybe have different mothers. Oh. And Ariel's mother is only her mother, and the other daughters have different mothers, which." I find likely. So that's it. That's a weird. I don't really even know what to say the diagnosis is. I just talked about red hair genetics. That's it. That's I think the doc- diagnosis, diagnosis is unfaithfulness. <laughs> unfaithfulness. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> Dr. Davidson's diagnosis. Here is my one critique with your diagnosis is you don't know that fish DNA, mermaid DNA is the same as humans and what the recessive genes are or whatever for mermaids. That'd be my one yeah. critique uh, if I, I had to make I, one. I thought about that. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Fair enough. Uh, my other critique of it's your diagnosis is it's- <laughs> couldn't you have diagnosed Marina Del Rey with alopecia because she's always wearing wigs? I could have. I feel like that would have been a good diagnosis, but that would have. <laughs> yeah, I forgot. That's that one scene where you see her awful bald, bald head. head. Yes, <laughs> that's Female just. A, I only brought baldness. that up because I forgot. I know I didn't write down in my notes that she always wears wigs, and I needed an excuse to bring it up. Uh, so there's that. Okay. Well, Kyle, thank you. We see, okay, like I was saying, the kingdom's joyous, it's filled with music. Triton is happy with his seven daughters and his wife, Athena. Um, The daughters all appear to be the same age, so we'll just go with that. They all have different moms theory or whatever is going on. (laughs) Um, I do believe Ariel's supposed to be the youngest, though, but they all look like identical age, you know? Maybe mermaids age weirdly, though. I don't know what they're like growth it's true is maybe they look like they're five until they're 10 and then they all just look like they're 16 all of a sudden i don't know um okay unfortunately kyle the good times don't last and athena is killed when a boat crashes into her for some reason i think it's very unclear they don't show the boat hit her, you know? Like, there's no <laughs> blood or guts, obviously. They show there's some slow-mo shots going from Triton, like, reaching out. No, and, yeah. like, the boat coming closer to the rocks. Yes. And her, like, grabbing the uh, music box. Yeah, so he, this, is, this is right yeah. after he has gifted her a CG shell music box. Oh, I hate this CG the CG shell. looks like shit. It looks so uh. bad. This is, like the the organ in beauty in the beast magic yes. christmas it's level. honestly it's like crappy yeah yeah it's it's worse to me because it's just 
inputted into the rest of the cartoon like yeah. the whole time like it's just passed around and it's just a cg object for no reason really it, it just looks yeah. terrible it's... just draw a music box guys um yes they do so i just didn't understand why the boat crashed into her were they aiming for her were they trying to kill no they're terrible sailors is that it like, like, they, they didn't even have someone on the boat like they didn't have a shot on the boat of somebody being like the storm we lost control or something you know it's just i just like, assumed that they're awful awful sailors like they're i don't know if they're pirates they're hunters they have a they're pirate like, flag they have the jolly roger flag so i okay. think they're pirates um so and they're yeah. like are they stealing they're stealing the mermaid's treasure I guess, because they steal and stuff. crashing their boat into the rock. I know to, it doesn't. It's so stupid. Sink their own ship. Like yeah. it's, it's really it's so dumb. And I'm like, why did they do that? Like they're I did not they're I did. idiots. I watched this movie twice, both times. I couldn't really understand why they would crash like this. Um, yeah, and, it was weird. And Ariel's mom is supposedly, you know, assumed to be stuck between a boat in a hard place yes she is um, after that cash is like where's ariel's mom i'm like she's gone and he's like what where said, is she i'm said, like your mother cannot be with you anymore and then you walked away like the great prince and bambi that's what you said exactly yeah yeah that. okay i was like you remember in bambi when the mom died <laughs> it's this like the same thing yeah she's gone she's not coming back <laughs> deal with it the little twerp mm, you <laughs> smacked him um yeah <laughs> This happened, so she gets smushed right after Triton had given her the CG shell music box, and she's, like, trying to save it when she gets smushed. Um, and Triton is so despondent over her death that he throws the music box across the ocean and bans all music from Atlantica, which is weird because music wasn't the problem. It's weird because in The Little Mermaid 1... The implication, or like the rules are no surfacing, right? Ariel can't yep. surface yep. because people are bad. And this would be a great time for Triton mm -hmm. to be like, people are bad, no more surfacing. But instead, <laughs> he's like, people are bad, no more music. No more music. It's like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, you fucking idiot? What? Why? Didn't... Didn't your wife love music? <laughs> well, she's dead now, so no more music. If she can't hear it, no one can. I guess. It's, it's essentially making the point because no more music because it makes me sad. Yeah. Okay. Wah. All right, baby. Freaking cry, baby. Yeah. It's just so... It's so weird because you could just make a movie that's all about him banning going to the surface or whatever because that's actually a thing yeah. that's in the first movie. But they don't. Mm -hmm. and I don't get it. Also, Ariel doesn't ever have any interest in the surface in this movie, which is which really is ridiculous weird to me. Yeah, yeah, I was like, when is she gonna do all of her fun exploring? So she collects all, the all of her stuff and... in the year between movies. Yeah, and it's like her obsession in the first one. Yeah, right? like it's she's like got a her huge cavern obsession. filled with things. Like, and they don't even mention no. it in this one. And it's like two years before, one year, one before? year before. One this is year before. one year before. It doesn't make it just any seems sense. So yeah, it's so stupid. It seems so separate from the first one. And yeah. it's yeah. All right. It's well, dumb. 10 years later, 10 years pass. He bans music. 10 years later, we revisit Atlantica where Ariel and her sisters are now grown up. 
their ages confuse me even more because they all still look the same age and they share a bedroom. Um, And they are under the supervision of their power-seeking governess, Marina Del Rey, voiced by the great Sally Field in a role that is a worthless role immediately. Worthless. I immediately knew, okay, this is going to be the bad guy because she's got, she's got the purple lipstick. Like she looks like Ursula. How is it possible that this character is not Ursula? It's it's, insane that it's, I, it's so obvious that it is that there's just no way that it wasn't Ursula originally in the script. Like, and then they decided to just not have it be Ursula. So like I had didn't a, want I had somebody a, else do it. I had it, a text or? conversation with our friend AJ about this movie. And his theory is that originally this movie was maybe supposed to have more of Ariel's mom. And maybe Sally Field was supposed to play that role. And when they decided to rework the script to kill the mom earlier, Sally Field, they were like, well, we got Sally Field. We don't want to waste Sally Field. Let's make her the villain. And they changed the villain on that basis, which I don't know if there's anything to that theory, but at least it makes some sense because this character, it wouldn't be so bad if the villain of this movie wasn't Ursula. Like, that's not that big a deal. But the character is so Ursula adjacent in, like, the way that she's written, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. she feels very much like you could just turn her, like, one knob up, like, 2%, and she would be Ursula. So then why not just make it Ursula? I feel like it had to have been Ursula. Yeah, instead it's her, and she's just, like, blech. Like, they try to add a lot of pizzazz to her. And I just don't feel like it ever really works that well. Maybe maybe it's because she's so similar to Ursula and you like... You're just like, yeah, this is just watered down, crappier Ursula the whole time. And yeah. It just sucks. It doesn't, it doesn't behoove you when making a watered down prequel movie to a theatrical release to make your villain be a watered down, crappier yeah. version <laughs> yeah. of the... It just makes me feel like I'm watching the knockoff version that doesn't count while I'm watching it. Yeah, it does seem like a knockoff. Like, this could just be a (laughs) knockoff Little Mermaid, you know? Um, But I will say this. I do like her design a little bit. I like her purple hair and her purple look. That's that's the only I like that her, her. Co- like her costume changes and, yeah. like, the hair. I think it's all fun stuff, so. Well, she has yeah. a right-hand manatee, Benjamin. <laughs> Is that a line in the movie? Does, is it? Does she call him? I don't remember her saying my right hand manatee, but that is his description on the Disney wiki. And oh, I don't want to credit the Disney wiki people with being clever enough clever. to call him <laughs> the right hand manatee. We'll throw him a bone. We'll throw hey, him we can throw bone. him one bone. All right, they get one bone. The uh, right hand manatee. <laughs> yes. Benjamin, who's just like this very soft spoken kind of mumbly. He's like I'm nothing. Really- yeah, I really dislike his design. He doesn't look like he fits. Like, he just looks like this blob. It reminds me of the uh, Lava Dog from Atlantis. Okay. Where it's just, like, he doesn't have much detail to his, like, like drawing. It looks he's, super simple. He's and very, it's like, like next flat to, looking in tone. Like, yeah, he doesn't really have shading that I can even picture in my head. It's yeah. almost as, like, bad to me as the cg music box like it just is like a different art style that's like put in there and i don't just don't like it and he's he's not a great character either no he is i think he's a not a well-used character i do think that um 
what's his face who plays Benjamin? Jeff Bennett. I like the voice he does. Like the character he's trying to play, I think mm-hmm. could be funny, but the script does not yeah. write I think that it, character. I think that there's some potential there. Yeah. I do. I agree with that. Okay. Because um, there's like a couple like funny lines that he does say yes. that are like quick, mm-hmm. but not I, super memorable. Not at all. It feels like Jeff Bennett is trying to elevate something that just isn't there in the script. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, Marina shows up. She wakes all the girls up. It's their special walking time with Triton, I guess, which Ariel is not excited about. I guess every day they just meet up with Triton and they go on a walk. Weird that they call it a walk. Yeah, very weird. They don't walk. They swim. (laughs) But okay. I don't get that. Yep. Um, Especially because Ariel doesn't even know the word like for running. So why would they call it a walk? So why would they call it a walk? Uh, Whatever. Good point. Um... Sebastian, uh, so they're just woken up and Ariel's like, can't we do something different? Because this is all we ever do. It's boring. Um, And then it cuts to Sebastian and the king who are having a conversation, a very important scene, pivotal scene about Sprat and Spelt and how Sebastian had to sick the salmon on the Sprat and the Spelt to keep them in line. What the fuck? What is, what is, this is garbage. I garbage. Yeah. I get it. It's just to show that, like, Sebastian has an important role with the king, I think, or the king really depends on him. But I was just watching mm-hmm. this. I was like, why am I hearing them talk about Sprat and Spelt right now? This has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> um, the girls show up, and Sebastian chastises Marina for being late. And then uh, Ariel tries to convince Triton that they should do something different. For a change, like go see the coral because it's in bloom or something, and he's like, mm-hmm. no, and so they go on their walk anyway. Yeah, um, he's a turd. He's a turd. In this. A turd in this he's one. a big turd. But I'll tell you this much: oh God, it's Cummings. Yeah, he is voiced by the great Jim Cummings, uh, <laughs> which was obvious to me, right? Of course, same for me. Like, I was immediately just, like, that's not Triton's normal voice. That's Jim Cummings. Yeah, and I love Jim Cummings, yeah. but it just it took mm-hmm. away a little bit it for does. me. Like, I agree. This is Triton was the same in the first two movies. Same guy. Yeah. The the voice of him wasn't able to do it for due to illness, mm-hmm. and he uh, died three years after the release of this movie, I believe, to pancreatic cancer. He did. So it's sad, but. So so Jim Cummings, our man, steps in and he does the voice, but it's just he does an admirable job. But it's not, you know, it's not his part. Whenever he's angry, it's too much of Pete, you know, yeah, the Goofy and Pete like character to me, and it's just it, it, yeah. We love you, Jim Cummings. It was nice to get a big dose of of the cum man himself. (laughs) (laughs) Right at (laughs) right at the end, (laughs) we finished with a big Cummings. (laughs) it was was not the best suited role for him i would say Uh, i like him better when he's playing like the sleazebag kind of guy you know yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um either way uh so they they march solemnly through the town not talking at all it's terrible. I'm like, uh, yeah, Ariel's uh, yeah, super right. About she this. is it's so boring. Like, what is their life? Like, they get locked up and wait for tomorrow's walk. Like, yay. that's it. This what? movie has the exact same problem that Little Mermaid Two has, which is that it's just about like parents being unreasonably overbearing assholes. Like. Little Mermaid yeah. 2 is it's like, I don't want to watch Ariel be a jerk, be a jerk mom. Mm-hmm. And this one's like, Triton's yeah. 
kind of a jerk in Little Mermaid 1, but he has a point in that his 16-year-old daughter shouldn't be going on land and marrying the first man that she's ever seen in her life. Yeah, it's like yeah. valid. Yes, like he's, he's got some I don't think he's validity. a bad guy. He's, yeah. he's like uh, easily the best character in the first one because in, in Little Mermaid 2, he's just an idiot. He's yeah. just a moron. Yes. Like, he's just dumb. Like, I don't remember him being mean or anything. He's just dumb, just a dumb kid. Yes, he is. He doesn't use his power appropriately or whatever. No, not at all. And in this one, he's just a... He's just a dick. So. It's like they're, yeah. they've, for whatever reason, they have it in their heads that the Little Mermaid movies have to be about parents like putting harsh restrictions on you, and they're one hundred percent wrong. You know, to do it, mm-hmm. and that's really not what Little Mermaid one is. I don't think so. It's it's yeah. it's annoying to watch this. Um, Ariel, while they're walking, tickles her sister with like some kelp while she's looking at a boy that she likes, and it's like you embarrass me. And they start chasing each other through the city a little bit or through the area a little bit, which Triton is not amused about. He says like a princess doesn't do that or whatever. You embarrassed us and assigns her to barnacle cleaning duty. <laughs> Yay. Um, meanwhile. In Marina's room, Benjamin feeds some sort of mysterious beasts with, like, some meat. Even more further proof that this is so Ursula to have these, like, monsters. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, Marina makes it back to her home slash, like, room. I don't know if this is just, like, one room. Is it a house? Is it part of the castle, her living quarters? I took it as a room. It's just, like, her own room in the castle, but... Because they don't really show the outside of it. No, they right? don't. This movie like has cool this layer. movie has terrible geography. Like <laughs> I don't have any sense of the space of Atlantica at all. Watching this, no. And yeah. and one of my major complaints throughout the movie is like we only see the the main characters like at all. Like there's so little life in the background. We don't see the kingdom. As a whole, mm-hmm. we don't see how this ban on music is impacting like your average mermaid in any way. And when they're not like other than when they're in the club later in the movie, you don't see like anybody in the backgrounds ever. Like they'll be walking around Ariel and like flounder. And it's like, where are the other just fish in the ocean? Like, where is anything else in this land? It's so it's very bland, bland and desolate yeah. feeling. Um, mm-hmm. It sucks. OK, well. And I, and I don't know if that was, like, by design, because at the end, like, the whole landscape becomes brighter and changes. Like, they wanted the whole movie to look terrible, but <laughs> it's just, it's lifeless. And I think that's the problem, is there's just no, there's no sense of, this is Atlantica, right? It's just them, wa- like, yeah. in tiny rooms or something. This movie you know, depresses me because it's so lifeless. I'm watching it and I'm like, I'm wasting my time right now watching something <laughs> that is just dead. I'm watching death on screen. Um, okay, well, Marina gets back uh, to her room and she vents to Benjamin about her hatred for her job. Um, and her. I, I did take a note that I thought the animation was was pretty good. At, like, I... I the way her hair moves, everybody's hair moves pretty satisfyingly. And there's good expressiveness in her face when she's like venting or whatever. So I gave it some points for that. She's um, got good facials. Yes. Yeah, she has great facials and that, great facials. <laughs> Marina. Good job. Um, and then finally 13 minutes into the movie, we get our first <laughs> real musical number. 
Oh, there's music in this movie. Oh. I, I would like to put an asterisk, kind of. And I wrote, I specifically want to say before I even hear your opinion on the, the song, lest you color my opinion, Kyle, that this song fucking sucks. And it's the, oh. one of the worst songs I think we've ever had on this podcast. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Just One Mistake is a piece of shit. I put, <laughs> it's barely a song. It feels like Sally Field improv singing over a bunch of mishmash <laughs> stock song samples. I don't believe that a human being wrote it. I really <laughs> think they just found like... 10 different 30 second loops and used it for their song. Is this the one that like transitions to like it goes back and forth between like a evil vibe and like a yes. hopeful vibe? It, yeah, it kind of transitions hopeful... back and forth. I don't know. Yeah. One of the transitions is absolutely terrible, but I thought I thought it was fun. I liked I liked it. I thought it was cool to reveal that she's like got this disgusting head without any hair and like she's, you know, doesn't have the wig. It's just one mistake. It's the name of the song. Yes, because right? she is yeah. looking. She wants Sebastian's job, and she needs him to fuck up so that she can take it. So she's yeah, looking she for one mistake. One mistake. Just one. Yeah. The so, song I thought was, it was one fun. mistake. I thought it was better. <laughs> I thought it was better than Mor- Mor- Morgana. Morgana's yeah, crazy yeah, sister. Yes, Morgana. Is her, her deleted scene. Oh, better than song. her delete. Oh, that's high praise. <laughs> better than the song that they cut from the movie. In the second so one. if we're looking at villain songs, right? <laughs> it's a close race between this, for me, close race between this one and <laughs> Ursula's no, song. No, so full of shit. <laughs> Very close this race. This song later. is an insult to Ursula's song and to the Little Mermaid legacy. Why am I blanking on Ursula's song um, Poor Unfortunate Souls. Poor Unfortunate Souls. Yeah, you got Poor Unfortunate Souls. <laughs> yeah. Slightly underneath. Right underneath is just, just one, mistake. one mistake. I legit- No, it's way below. It's not- it's, a, it, I don't think it's a good- I thought it was fun. I was just happy to have some- so, I think the visuals are fine music. in it. Like, the visuals are fine. Her being bald is fun. Her costume changes are fun. The idea that she just needs Sebastian to make a mistake, whatever, that's fine. But, like, I would pay you $1,000 to sing a note of this song right now. Sing me the melody of this song, Kyle. <laughs> Give just me... one mistake. <laughs> you got nothing, and you know it. I need <laughs> Sebastian... To me, it it's like it's literally just. I was like, is Sally Field just making this up? Like, it feels like when you are handed music and you like try to like just kind of sight read it and you barely know how to sight read or something <laughs> like, or like, or like she didn't even have a backing track and then they just made something fit later. Like, it's so bad to me. I hated it. I've had a strong reaction to this song both times I watched the movie. I thought. The first time I watched this, I watched it with Dot. Like, I, I I knew we were recording earlier than normal in the week. So on, like, Saturday, I was sat down with Dot, like, after her nap. And I was like, let's watch this movie. And we watched Little Mermaid 2 together on the couch. I didn't take any notes. I just watched it. And, like, this song, I was like, this is one of the worst things I've ever heard in my life. And then <laughs> when I was I was sat down today, I watched it again today to take notes on it. And I was like, it's not going to be as bad as I remember. I'm going to have my headphones on, so I'll be able to hear the music, the background music better. I hated it even more this time. I hated it so much. Good. I really hate this song. But I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad somebody got something out of it. Sally Field. I thought it was fun. You fun know, song. I've never seen Sally Field in a musical before, and I think I know why. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say. 
back after the song, we go back to Ariel on Barnacle Duty, and Kyle, she bumps into a cute little yellow fish friend who you may have heard of named Flounder um, oh, while she's out there, yeah. which is a huge continuity error for all oh, of yeah. us fans Whoa. of the Little Mermaid TV show. TV show, where yeah. Where she's already smokes. friends with Flounder at this point, so this is egregious. That Well, I'm pretty much convinced that this is a different Flounder. You think it's a different flounder? He is. I think he is way different in this one than he is in the Little Mermaid one. That's fair. He is like bold and like leads the way. Mm-hmm. Is like singing when he shouldn't be. He's not nervous. And the whole flounder in the first one, and he is he's the nervous guy. Yeah, he's the like the. The nervous guy that like will sometimes stick up for Ariel, like when you know, like out of a bold, courageous kind of move. But I think he's a completely different fish in this one. And some people in the Disney Wiki agreed with me. There so. were a lot of comments that agreed with you, Kyle. And you know what? I'm one of them. I'm gonna go ahead and agree with you too. Flounder does not feel like Flounder in this movie mm-hmm. at all. Um, like you said, he's singing. She catches him like singing and playing music on some choral vents, I guess. I don't really know what they are, but he's like just hitting them, making some notes. I don't know. I think they use it in Under the Sea, like as a... Like a marimba like a type thing? Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, like, but I don't know what those yeah. are called. I mean, I just don't know what they those are. Those sea vents? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're vents. Whatever. Um, Ariel loves the music. Unfortunately, though, the royal swordfish guards don't, and they try to arrest them and they start chasing them um and flounder and ariel they run away and they nearly get away from these guards but then they run right into sebastian who after ariel talks him down a bit and like makes up a lie about how flounder's her friend uh he lets flounder off with a warning and then orders the guards to take ariel back up to the palace um which is kind of fun to know like I did think it was fun later when we find out that like Sebastian must know Flounder already. Yeah. Yeah. I I love the reveal of Sebastian yes. later. Which, it probably not saves the movie completely but keeps me from like just totally disliking and hating the movie. I like was... it adds like a whole probably point to my review <laughs> is just his the one Sebastian reveal moment because he is as so far in the movie he's been you know he's the right the right hand man he's keeping the rules he is like he's part of the um antagonism of the movie yes he's he's part of the the regime of the regime's regime yes (laughs) um and uh and yeah so it's yeah it's cool to think about this this interaction once you learn later. This movie is deep and there's a lot of subtext going on in these scenes. Big time. Yeah. Um, That night, Ariel's sisters, they squabble as they prepare for bed. I didn't write down the details of their squabbling because I don't care. I just wrote down that I think an underwater pillow and blanket must be just really uncomfortable. Like That's a good point. what do you like? It just doesn't seem like it would keep you warm to would you be in the water with a blanket. If you're sleeping as a fish, do you rise up when you're sleeping? Like, do you float upward uh, if you're not constantly keeping yourself down? I don't think so. How do fish? I don't sleep? know what the density of a 
fish is. Well, mermaids are weird, too, because, like, they can breathe. They don't have gills. They breathe with the same orifice out of the water mm-hmm. and in the water. So, is so she- they can, yeah. So they wouldn't necessarily float. Okay. I would just think, like... It would be how do you like how do you do you lay you don't really have like the weight underwater I feel like to even need to lay down on a bed you know like even if you don't float up do you sink down I don't know probably not maybe a little bit yeah well either way I mean I've blown all the water out of out of like my lungs before and laid on the bottom of a pool okay so like yes all right there is a little bit of gravity gravity still works a little bit as long as you're denser than the water mm. which they would be right. so they have a little bit of downward force fair enough I'll, I'll 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 accept it it's whatever i won't accept that ariel smells a flower i don't understand how you can yeah. smell something underwater <laughs> yes. that's nonsense to me <laughs> just impossible as far as i'm concerned um well they're they're all um they're preparing for bed triton comes in and he wishes them all a good night and ariel kind of gives him the cold shoulder you know, she's she's pissed about being put on barnacle duty or whatever. Um, and her sister, her oldest sister, um, Atina, is that the oldest one? I think so. Their names right. are... You could say anything with an A in the beginning, and I would say yes. I did like, like the joke the where the one is like, you've got my mirror, it's got my initial on it, and they're like, all of our names start with A. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, there is Adela, Andrina, Alana, Aquata, Arista, Atina. And then Ariel. Is, and Ariel. And Adela and Adrina are voiced by Tara Strong, who voiced Melody in Oh, Little cool. Mermaid 2. So, yeah. Keeping it in the... Keeping it in keeping the, it the, in the family. The I was going to say in the bloodline. That sounds... Kind of like a, I don't like using the word bloodlines because it makes me feel like I'm like some sort of weird, <laughs> psycho, yeah, racist person or something. You know, like keep the bloodlines pure. Blood. pure. Keep it pure. <laughs> uh, well, while gazing out the window when she can't sleep, Ariel spots Flounder sneaking around and follows him to a secret underground music club. Kyle. Yes. I love um, that when Flounder... This is when Flounder does... He knocks on the door and he does that whatever saying I said earlier that I already don't remember. Ah, uh, yep. That's yeah. where it's from. Um, and when he opens the door, Ariel's, like, hiding, and they the door opens again, and this fish comes out who they've ordered to, like, go get more kelp or something. Mm-hmm. And he comes out, and he's just like, I'm pathetic. I'm just a loser errand boy. My life sucks, you know? <laughs> and then she falls into the club... And it's like, I want to follow. What's that vicious story, yeah, dude? He's going, going through some shit. That, dude. This yeah, guy like needs he's... help. I'm very, I really hope he got some help and that he's doing okay. Yeah, because we don't see him again. No, you right? never see that fish, fish again, dude. <laughs> like, ugh. Jeez. Um, well, she falls backwards, like, through a, I don't know, a sea flower, through some whatever seaweed and lands in the club. Mm-hmm. Um... And she is immediately entranced with bewilderment, bewonderment at all of the music and dancing. She loves it, especially, Kyle, when the lead singer of the song takes the stage. And it is indeed Sebastian singing. He's behind the curtain and you see the shadow of somebody like with a hat on and then the reveals and it's Sebastian and they're singing. Jump in the line. 
Yeah. Rock uh, your body now. Hold okay. I believe you. The best song yeah. in this movie, not written for not this written movie. For yeah. this movie, which I was like, oh, really? They just decided to like record drop something in, yeah. but it's it's fun. It's fine. And yeah, I was like, I was loving it. I was because lo- I was already thinking about Sebastian. Like he's like the composer in the first one. Mm-hmm. Like he's the music guy. So what is he doing? When does he learn music? Yeah. And then he comes in and he's he's the the underground ringleader of this of 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 the music underground scene and mm-hmm. is yeah it's great it's awesome i, I love i loved it loved i do review. speaking of sebastian being a composer i do like this movie does answer the question i've always had which is like why is the royal composer the one who's in charge of ariel and like the logistics of the kingdom you know <laughs> and it's because yeah. like that is his job and he just also happens to be the royal composer like by the end of the movie he gets that title added on or whatever so that's True. good um but yeah he's in there he's rocking that's a i mean it's a great song how can you not love that song it is lame that like you said they're doing it like a just a drop-in song at least mm-hmm. the back of the box doesn't try to advertise that they've got like five songs yeah. or anything it just says new songs or whatever it doesn't say how many so they <laughs> they get off on a technicality there um, and it's fun because it's samuel e Wright like singing it yeah and i just love him as a voice actor and it, it's great it's crazy that this is the last like role he ever did was like this movie yeah, because he, I think it was like still like 13 years yeah. later he died or something. Yeah. Like it was a long time. It was. So. It was very recent when he died. It was during the length of like this podcast. It happened after we started our yeah. show. So insane that they didn't like, I don't know. You'd think there would have been like some Little Mermaid video games he would have done at least, you know, but it seems like this was the last thing he did for the role, according to mm-hmm. the Wikipedia. But who knows? That could be only counting movies. Um, Ariel reveals her presence in her excitement, and all the sea creatures immediately flee in panic. Um, they like the one the, the the octopus squirts a bunch of ink, and they all run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she's alone on the stage, and she starts like mucking around with some of the instruments that are up there, you know. And that eventually transitions into song number two, I guess. Maybe it's three if you count. Yeah. Whatever song Athena sings in the beginning, the one that's like the music box song, I don't know. Who well, if cares? you count, if you count, Shake Sonora. I don't count Shake Sonora because okay. that's not original. I'm like, get the get the fuck out of here with that. I'm not counting <laughs> it. Um, she sings the song I remember, which is her remembering her mom when she was happy as a kid and when there was music. Um, I like this much more than the previous song, I will say, but mostly because Jody Benson is like way better of a singer than Sally Field. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. she's a phenomenal singer. I don't know. Yeah, I liked it. I hated how it it ends with the stupidest line like I've ever heard. Like, it's just it ends with like I remember I remember music and I remember love, and it's like what? Why did you? What is that supposed to to mean? Like what? What? It's about remember. I don't know. It's just a dumb. She remembers line. her mother's Cheesy. love in that moment, Kyle, because she I know, remembers but it's the just music. Such a bad, She's lived like, a life where her father has been so guarded emotionally that she doesn't know how to experience love from a parent. And now, ten years later, she's hearing music for the first time again, and it's reawakening her happy memories of back when her father and mother were able to express themselves to her. 
Kyle. I I <laughs> I get it. Change the line to like make it. It just it maybe it's the delivery that she says it. It's just so like seeping with like mush when she says it, and I'm like, yeah. Oh. I'm not going to defend it. It's whatever. I didn't. It didn't stand out to me either way. It was. Just, this is. Who cares? I just remember <laughs> her singing being good, and I was happy with that. Um, and it seemed like somebody actually wrote a song for this song, which was cool. That you know, it wasn't just a bunch of random clips of songs. Um, everyone's so moved by her singing, Kyle. They don't agree with you uh, that they they come out of uh, hiding. And eventually they swear her into, like, the secret society of this Yeah, I group. love that they have a secret oath. Yes, and it's like, I love and the oath because she's still singing. And she has the back and forth with Sebastian while mm-hmm. she's still singing. He's like, you absolutely cannot join this group or whatever. And then they swear her in or whatever. And she's just he's like, she's in. And then yeah. cuts to black. <laughs> yeah, it's which great. I thought was great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cut to black commercial break this is where we would put commercials if we had commercials on this show um, the next morning Sebastian and Marina Kyle they meet with Triton who is worried about Ariel acting out um, and Marina is like we should punish her we should shave all their heads we should like she really hates the girls and her job How, why'd she even yeah. take this we should, job we should put in a series of checks and balances in order to crush her spirits <laughs> yes it's like what in the world I know um and Sebastian is more like she's fine she's a, she's a teenager you know and uh Triton basically sides with Sebastian and he puts Sebastian in charge of watching Ariel now ostensibly to also lighten Marina's load because Marina is giving big energy of I'm overwhelmed and I hate my job and I hate my life. So she's really not projecting the sort of vibes that one should project when they're looking for a promotion in the workplace. Uh, (laughs) When your current job is to watch over his daughters and all you talk about is how much his daughters fucking suck and how much you hate them. Yeah. It's not going to help you out. No. She does not give off the vibe of somebody you would want to promote. Not at all. all. Um, Back in their room, Ariel wakes up to find all of her sisters standing around her in a circle because she was humming in her sleep, Kyle. Um, Mm, That's that's not allowed. Odd behavior. No singing allowed, sis. We don't care for that. Nobody hums, even. Nobody hums. They they hum they get put in jail Jeez. like gee, I don't bad. even understand how one can be put in jail in this world because with the amount of times Ariel just leaves escapes her big giant open window in the middle of the night are yeah, there guards yeah. anywhere <laughs> that are actually watching them I don't, I don't know they're not actually in jail in their bedrooms no they're not but they make it seem like. Like, even later in the movie when Triton has, like, found out that they've been sneaking away and they're, like, more, they're supposed to be, like, punished, you know, like, more oppressed. There's still no guards outside of their room that yeah, has a just gigantic the, it's just window. just swordfish guards that come out of nowhere always. Yeah. They just, like, show up. Yes. They're not doing their job at all because everybody easily just does whatever they want in Atlantica. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. They've got, like, six guards to cover this whole palace, I guess. 
Um, after some probing from her sisters, Ariel breaks down in excitement and tells her sisters about the club. Excuse me? I'm yawning just thinking about this movie. They are intrigued and they ask Ariel to take them to hear the music too, Kyle. Um, and she agrees. She says she'll take them that night. Um, and she does. And the sisters, they all arrive at Which the club. Which is like, oh my gosh, she's the worst secret keeper I know, she ever. gave it away Like, immediately. just immediately blew it. Like, she blows it. Yeah. For everybody. Like, immediately. She was just sworn in to, like, keep this a secret. It's like a major deal. They're all freaking out when they find, that when she, when they realize Ariel is found out, and then it's all fine when she's sworn in. And then her next move is to tell her, six sisters which she all which she knows are all rule yeah. keepers that are not going to that are going to tell somebody you know it's just terrible at the very least i mean she is a teenager talking to her sister so i do believe she would blow the secret right and not be smart about it so whatever mm-hmm. it's fine but you would what i would do if it were me i would want to tell my siblings maybe i tell them one at a time and take them one one at a time so that we don't like leave our room that normally has seven people in it empty and make it very obvious that something is going on. You know? That would be sneakier. Yeah. Yeah. I think she could she could be a little sneakier. Um she takes them all to the club and some of them are nervous at first. Like Atina is like worried. She doesn't really want to go to begin with as much because she's the oldest and she's like the most ingrained with like listening to their father, I guess. Um but eventually Tina gets into it once they see, like, once the, all the girls see that Sebastian is the singer, they're, like, all into it, basically. Yeah. And then it's just kind of like there's a bunch of woo girls at the bar, you know? They're just having a good time. Mm-hmm. They, they're all, like, really excellent at playing instruments right Yeah, the away. one sister rips out a sax solo. Like, yeah. Like, I was like, damn, wow. who is this? 625? From Lilo and Stitch... <laughs> Leroy and Stitch when he rips oh out God. his sax solo at the end of the movie. I mean, come on. We were all thinking it. Um, and then uh, one of the sisters can't dance, I guess. There's like a, a running thing where she can't dance and they like teach her to dance a little bit or something. Um, and the one is really boy crazy. Those are like the only the only real vibes that I got from any of the sisters. I wish they were all like developed more. There's like... Mm-hmm. Atina's the oldest. She's like the rule keeper. The one can't dance, and the one is boy crazy. And that's like all I can tell you about the sisters. Yeah, I mean, there's like six of them. So how are you? It'd be a tall order to try and like make them all interesting. But yeah, they they're very superficial. I like the one that's boy crazy. She does that line earlier. I or wait, yeah, was it earlier? Yeah, she goes like Ariel's. They're like questioning her where she was last night mm-hmm. and. Then she's like, "Ugh! If it was, ugh! If it was a boy, I'm gonna die!" Like, <laughs> I just love that line. I love when she's in the club, and like some sort of sea creature asks her to dance, and she's just like, "Are you a boy? Sure, good enough." Like, yeah, she's yeah. just like, she's just, doesn't even yeah. know what this creature is, and she agrees. <laughs> All right then. Um, is I, she did she and she kissed Squid Lip Stevie, didn't she? Was she the one that kissed? Squid Lip Stevie. 
in high school. So what is this? Uh... There's like there was, they were making fun of her. There's like mm. some one of the sisters has one kissed one boy and it was Squid Lip Steve. I think that's. I just right. remember. I think I just remember right. that because then because that was your nick- you Squid. Yeah, they called you Squid Lip Scotty in high school. That's what they called. That was me. your nickname. That's yeah. why it's. It wasn't. So. <laughs> it wasn't because I had lips like a squid. It's because word got around that I learned how to kiss by practicing on dead squids because they have very human like lips. And so I would they, practice kissing on that. Do you know what do you know what the mouthpiece of a squid is? It's like a beak, isn't it? It's a beak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's gross. It is well it, I mean, I didn't it, it wasn't listen, Kyle, it wasn't great, okay? But I don't hear your mom complaining about it, so I think it worked out. <laughs> Get out of here. <sighs> oh, uh, okay, yeah. They are, the sisters are bland. Like, it would be hard to make them all interesting. I just wish they all had, like, an obvious gimmick, you know? Like, one of them is, like, the eater or something, you know? Just, like, something to latch on to. Sure. I wish that they you know all what had one thing. Do you know what they're, like, supposed to be? Like, why he has seven sisters? Because um, they're the seven deadly siblings. sins. <laughs> I think they're the seven seas. Like, they're all, na- they're oh. all like, one's, like, the Caspian Sea. There's the Caribbean Sea. There's the, I don't know. I don't know all Name the Name all the seas. seas Come on. You're there's, big no, there's sea like guy. weird seas. Like I don't think there's like one that's I don't think Ariel's the Red Sea, but I mean that makes sense, right? Would but, make sense. Um yeah. yeah, I don't know. All right, well that's fine. It doesn't matter. I'm not that upset about it, you know. Um, <laughs> I'm not upset about it. This whole movie is just whatever. Who gives a shit? Um it's all fun and games, Kyle, at the bar. But little do they know that Marina has come looking for them, and she discovers their secret club, as well as Sebastian's involvement, which gives her a devilish little grin, and she darts away. And then we get, like, one of the most confusing pacing decisions I've ever seen in a movie. Because she darts away, and then it cuts to the girls back at home, um like in their bedroom and they all like lay down together on the floor to go to sleep or whatever, which is nice. They don't have beds anymore. It's like showing that they've bonded over the night, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And then there is a scene of Marina going to Triton and telling him about the club, right? About like finding the girls. And then it cuts to the next night with all of them at the club and the guards storming in or whatever. Why would you not just have Marina see them in the club? Like right when they get there, she leaves. We don't know where she goes. And then the guards show up like at the club while they're there that first night. Like, it's so weird to me to have a scene, like two scenes that are each like 30 seconds long before cutting to the next day at the club. It's just such an odd decision. Makes zero sense. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) what does it add? It adds them showing the sisters have bonded. But they could just clearly have just shown they were bonding by like having them all dancing on the floor together, having a good time, right? Like, it's just dumb. uh, Whatever. It really bugged me, though, that that happened. Um, the guards show up, they bust up the party, Triton orders Sebastian and like all the fish in the band or everybody in attendance, I guess. He says everybody in attendance, but there's only like five people in prison later and there's way more than five people like at this club. So I'm just assuming it's just the band. Yeah. Um, he orders them to be locked up. 
And then he promotes Marina to Sebastian's position before, like, when they all leave, he, like, uses his trident to blast the freaking club down or whatever. He's just a dick. Um, and then back in Atlantica, he tries to uh, confine Ariel to the palace and screams at her for questioning him. And now she's, like, hella sad. And then she gets even sadder when her sister's uh like have turned on her they're like they get into their room and they're like this is your fault Blah, you shouldn't have, mm-hmm. we shouldn't have listened to you and then they're like ariel's like i just wanted everyone to be happy and her sister's like look around no one's happy cut yeah, to dude marina who's having she's very happy uh, I, lo- I love this smash cut yeah i love a good smash cut so i was into that um marina's happy she sings a reprise of just one mistake where she like celebrates her new position. Thank God we got a reprise of just one mistake. <laughs> I was so happy to hear it again. Um, a she does they they she does. There's like a montage of her doing fun things, right? Yes, and I love it. She does the rock thing with the water splashing up behind her. Uh huh. Which is like the aerial part of your world, you know, rock splash. Yeah, and she does and it like and gets s- soaked by the water. Like Scuttle flies at her or whatever, and she tells him to get away or something. Like a, a seagull comes flying at her or something. Yeah. Yes, that part's like funny. She gets soaked. It's which good. is like to jump ahead because we have a, a big thing I have to read for the weekly wiki, so I'm just going to spurse some other things throughout, I guess. But there's like so many complaints on the wiki and in the trivia that are like that mention that moment. That are like, um, well, this is breaks the continuity of the first movie because oh, yeah. obviously there, too. Oh, yeah. there can't be a, there's supposed to be a ban on going to the surface and Marina yeah. goes to the surface and does this and I'm just like, she's the bad guy like okay yeah, even like, if there's a ban okay so she fucking went to she, the surface what do you mean how does she that... already sang yeah you know there was a ban on singing yeah, and she was the first one that we saw sing like ariel goes to the surface in the first movie while there is a ban on it shock and awe Mm -hmm. people can still do it it's not if marina was the right hand man of triton she would not go to the surface there's the ban just so stupid there's not a force field stopping her you idiots Yeah, there probably could be with Triton's power. Uh, there like could be, but he doesn't Triton. use his power, as we all know, for anything. So he's <laughs> worthless. Um, and now a conflicted Triton goes and visits with the statue of his dead wife. Um, I guess he just like sits there and looks sad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you suck, Triton. Um, and then is this the is this the piano montage yeah, music? And this. Yeah. The score rips on this part. This is the only yeah. music that I really liked in the movie was this piano score. Mm-hmm. I, it was great it, to just have regular piano music behind behind it. Yeah. And it was... Uh, Carrie loved it, too. She actually brought it up before I did. And she was like, this piano music's awesome. Yeah, it is. And it was. The it score was on the movie is good. The musical numbers are not really mm-hmm. special, but I do like the score. Uh, yeah, this is where Ariel... She's in her room. She, like, looks at a flower. She gets fed up. She puts the flower on her pillow, and she runs away. And it's just, like, the piano's just going off while she's <laughs> freaking rules. Um, and then it cuts down to the dungeon where Sebastian and, like, all the other captured creatures are debating breaking out. But Sebastian is like, if we leave, we can never come back. We can't abandon Ariel here, you know, after she betrayed all of us really yeah. honestly like <laughs> leave her 
they're trying to convince Sebastian to break him out, and she and he's like, we can't leave her here. She's helpless. And then she shows up and just smashes the lock behind him mm-hmm. while he's saying that, which is funny. Um, so she breaks them all out, and she declares that without music, this place isn't home, which wins Sebastian over, basically. And he's like, I know just where to go then. And then uh, it cuts to Benjamin, the manatee, the right-hand manatee, discovering Ariel is missing in the morning. And uh, at the same time, then we see all of the people who've escaped from prison, like, heading to their new home. They're, like, kind of, like, sneaking, except for Flounder, who is out of Mm -hmm. character, being very brash and singing or whatever. Um, and he's they're like shut up yeah like we're trying to be sneaky he's like we broke out so we could sing so I'm gonna sing and yeah it's it's strange that he wants to do that but then it it leads to something really fun it leads to an acapella rendition of jump in the line yeah Uh, which I thought was super fun I like the song I don't like the scene I like their acapella cover, but this is where the barrenness of the ocean was like really apparent to me more than anything that it's like if you're watching like Finding Nemo and they're out swimming around, like there's always stuff in the background, I feel like going on or there's other fish. Whereas, oh, the barrenness. Oh, yeah. I thought you were trying to say like a title. No, like no, no, a, no not the a baroness. The baroness. I was like, who the heck is the baroness no, of no, the no, no, ocean? No, no. Why is she the baron? <laughs> Well, that's Marina's dream job right there is to be the Baroness of the ocean, probably. Um, But yeah, it's very barren. And the way that they're animated, Ariel looks really dumb, like doing kind of like conga hips or whatever and like floating Mm -hmm. forward. Like it doesn't look right. Like she wouldn't be look natural. She wouldn't be making the motion to go forward the way that her tail is moving. It just looks awkward. And then they do this. There's also this really weird showy editing, like it looks like PowerPoint effects where they keep like, it's like the screen is like flipping or something. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's flounder singing on a close up, and it's doing like a PowerPoint transition of like this thing flipping out of the screen or whatever, like a weird wipe transition thing. But it's like, it feels like it's going to give me a fucking seizure. jarring. Yeah, when I was watching it, I was just like, ah, ah, this hurts my eyes. Like, stop doing it. They did it like five times. They kept doing it and I didn't like it. So I didn't like the scene, but the song is catchy. The acapella. I think the song's catchy. And honestly, I love this little band. Like, they have some fun dynamics with, like, Mm -hmm. just the characters in it. And when they're in the jail and the and the octopus starts talking, I'm like, oh, that's Rob Paulson. You know, I yes. re- immediately recognize because he's doing the P- PJ voice from Goofy movie. Yes, he is. You know, and then it's he's, and uh, they got the is it the manta ray? Is he a manta ray? The the one with the really deep voice. Yeah, that's the that's is that the same voice as um as uh like Gontu from Lilo and Stitch? Or am I making that up? Oh yeah, Kevin Michael Richardson. Yes, that's gotta be him. Yeah, that's him. Okay, yeah, that's that's gone too. So yeah, he's great. Um, the really deep voice. Mentoring. I didn't place. I had recognized him when I looked earlier, but I didn't place who it was. And Jim Cummings does yeah. another voice. I think he's one of them. Maybe there's a character called Shelbo, voiced by Jim Cumming Cummings. I'm just assuming mm. that that's one of them. But. It's a shell, <laughs> something. It's a clam. I don't know. I like. Hold on. Shelbo. Oh, never mind. Okay, I thought he had his own Wikipedia. Oh, Shelbo page. is a turtle. I think it's the turtle. Ah, I think that's right. Yes, he's the turtle. 
Is turtle cool. do, do turtles? Yes, turtles are the ones that live in water, right? Tortoises are the ones that live on land. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Just making sure. Just gotta make sure that they're doing sea their tor- sea tortoise. Yes, sea turtles, 150 years old. Uh, sorry, I like I like Crush uh, or whatever is this? is his name Crush in Finding Nemo. I think so. Yes, he's Crush and his kid is Squirt. I always remember because they're both soda brands. Oh, good. Yeah, they're both That's like. Funny. I haven't seen Finding Nemo in a while because it's too scary for cash. Interesting. The, the beginning sharks, was too scary. Maybe? The beginning is we, we. He wasn't able to get through the beginning a long time ago, and then we went to a Finding Nemo production when we were in Disney World. Mm-hmm. Very bad idea because it was extremely loud, and we were like in not like in the front, but in the front of the back area which is still like pretty close to the front way to leave like right away because it was just it was like too loud and he was really small and so yeah it's just we we, we i should just put it on because we and power through it and i know he'd like finding nemo but dot's a fan but she really likes the sharks in that movie so when they when they show up and there's like the part where the shark like chomps like he's gonna eat them right in front of them like as a joke Mm -hmm. and then starts laughing when she was really young like one that was like whenever that would happen she would laugh along with the shark whenever he would do that she loves that part of it Um, yeah such the opposite of cash i know they're so they're so different die is not afraid of anything like in movies she loves the creepier and scarier it is she's like into it they both love Nightmare Before Christmas, though. Yes. And I think it's because Dot loved it that I encouraged him to watch it. Uh-huh. And so that helped. Perfect. So I'll just start saying Dot likes this Dot part. Dot loves this He'll probably be like, Cash well, you know, I'm, I'm boy. I Daddy, I like it too. too. He'll be like, and you'll be like, you liar. You don't even know what you're talking about. You lie. Um, okay. They sing their little acapella number. Kyle loves it. He cries uh, at it every time. <laughs> he claps at the screen. Um, and then Marina has her first meeting with Triton, but it is interrupted by the revelation that Ariel ran away with the prisoners. <gasps> and mm. Triton leaves and he orders the guards to search all of Atlantica for his daughters. Maybe he should have posted a guard in front of her room after she had just run away multiple nights in a row. I don't know. Maybe. Eventually, the runaways reach their destination, which initially seems unimpressive. It's just kind of a flat, boring area. And it's like, why did Sebastian choose this area? Oh, but there's more that meets the eye here. Hmm. That was my attempt at a Jamaican accent. Honestly, I thought that Bob Marley was in the room when you did it. I I said, wow, I'm not going to worry about a thing because Kyle's got this accent locked down. Yep. Yeah. You know me and my accents. They're great. Oh, that reminds me. Um, one of my, uh, well, she was one of my attending doctors, I guess, just friend doctor now, I mm-hmm. guess, we're colleagues. But she, colleagues. she is Canadian. And oh, she was, she just texted me. She was like, that was, when I, when I complimented <laughs> your Canadian accent, yeah. she was like, this is the worst Canadian accent <laughs> like I've ever heard. She was like, wow. No, it's terrible. And she was like, Okay. Yeah, so. Wow. First of all, <laughs> she didn't say worse she'd ever first heard. First of all, if you're listening, like, no, it was terrible. Fuck you, Kyle's friend. Okay. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> I'd like to see you do a better Rick Moranis impersonation on the spot. All right. Oh. 
I got. But it. She was mostly disappointed because we spent so much time together in residency mm. that I didn't pick up on her accent. Gotcha. And I just, I just told her I'm just so bad at accents and identifying them and all that. So. That's fair enough. Well, uh, I hate her, and uh, that's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, I got Jesse gave me a seven out of ten on my accent. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Specifically, I think because it was emulating Rick Moranis's moose voice and not a real. Uh, you know, Canadian right. person, what okay. they sound like. Listen, I've watched a lot of Degrassi in my life. I could do a Canadian voice if I had to, okay? Uh, I'm not going to now, though. This is you don't deserve it. Uh, so <laughs> they, uh, Marina, Marina goes back to, after her meeting gets interrupted or whatever, she goes back to her room and she makes Benjamin give her the key to the vent Um which is where it, she opens it and it's like a bunch of electric eels that are so clearly supposed to be flotsam and jetsam. First, the, yeah. yeah. Versla. Yes. Are flotsam and jetsam electric eels? I don't actually know. I don't remember electric. them being electric because they're know, like smaller. Like these are like beastly. Yes, but giant obviously, if they if they eels. rewrote the movie to make this character not Ursula, they obviously could have rewritten these monsters to be like different eels. Something, yeah, but different than if they're eel. eels at yeah. all. Like it's so close. It's so weird to make them mm-hmm. eels. It is. <sighs> infuriating um like there's just like five of them so that's different i don't know um (laughs) she orders them to find sebastian and ariel basically and kill them she's only gonna try to get rid of sebastian but then she's just like you know what why don't we kill ariel too is what it amounts to um and uh yeah back at their new home ariel wakes up sebastian because she hears a, a distant melody not her daughter but distant singing you know um or some sort of music and she follows the sound and finds the cg music box from earlier kyle (gasps) and she opens it up and it sings dancing bears painted wings things i almost remember is that what it really from is? Anastasia? I was okay, good. You can't. I was like, did that happen? And I don't remember it. <laughs> it's from uh, Anastasia. You can't quote, I feel like I've said on this podcast <laughs> before that I don't know Anastasia <laughs> references. Like, well, that's just a big problem. It is. That you need to fix. I so. I know that Christopher Lloyd's in the movie as the villain. Did you know when? My, did you know that when I did that dance with my mom at my wedding that that was from Anastasia? No, because that was what like i would sing as a kid it was like me and my mom's song was was the the december I song I, from that movie i don't think i knew that um yeah, yeah I we just, did a we did a fun here dance, i thought so. kyle did something fun and original or well the dance isn't from the movie no the dance okay, the dance well, is original fine. we okay. like made the the a special dance it was amazing it was mind-blowing and you i can't believe you forgot it I remember the dance. I'm saying okay. I didn't. I thought you were telling me that the dance you did was from the movie. Oh, not no, just, just that the, the song is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you still get credit then. Um, yeah. I know. I, I've seen Anastasia once when it came out. Like, I don't remember anything about it at all. Like, there's a bat. And uh, I remember hating it. I don't remember enjoying it at all as a kid. Like, I just cool. thought it was boring. I loved it as a kid. Well. 
I'm sure there an Anastasia two. No, there's that no. came out to no, there's, DVD. There's definitely not an Anastasia two that came. It's not. That was made by um, the Bluth Company, right? Uh, what's his fucking name? Don Bluth is that his name? I think it's not a Disney movie, so they just wouldn't have the money. I think to like shit yeah. out a sequel or whatever. You know, it's not like a huge corporate movie. I don't think. Although I think it's on Disney now because Fox owned it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Why are we talking about Anastasia? I of all the names <laughs> that start with A. Anastasia is not one of these mermaid sisters, and I don't want to hear about her, okay? Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to say an A name, it better be Ariel, Atina, Adela, Adrina, Alana, Aquata, or Arista. <laughs> or Athena. We'll take Athena as well. All right, that's fine. I'll take that. Um, she opens it up, and it triggers all her childhood memories of happiness and music, and Sebastian is like, your dad never got over your mom's death, and that's why he's such a dick now. And then Ariel's like, well, we're going to bring this music box back to him. And it'll it'll melt his frozen heart. And Sebastian's like, that was my plan all along, bitch. And then <laughs> uh, the rest of the band like that they have with them rightfully are kind of like, no, we're not going to go back because uh, we don't have faith in this random plan working. And also... Yeah, and we don't want to go back to jail yeah, and we're free. And like... We're not his daughter, so he might kill us. So we're gonna stay here, you know. Like, is this their? Uh, what did you call that? A pilot within an episode of something? Oh, this is their backdoor pilot. Yeah, this is their backdoor <laughs> pilot. I would totally watch this show. I think it'd be a good or show. a movie about them. Maybe this this whole movie should have just been about the band. The main characters take a a step back, and we call it the Fox and the Flound, two. That was really good. About that. that was that was great. I don't know about like the I don't really know what the fox too. part is. I don't. I know couldn't that. come up with a good pun, and it didn't sound right to say the mermaid and the flound. Yeah, I didn't think the pun would go through <laughs> like that. So she's a she's a fox because she's I got mean, red hair. Uh, she is a fox, but if, if she's taking a back seat. I feel like the first part has to refer to the band. You know, maybe like the octs. And the flound, like the octopus, because he's like the leader of the band. I don't know. I guess maybe. Is well, he... the flounder wants to go back, right? Flounder wants does... to go back. Yeah, I'm, I thought we were titling the spinoff movie just about the band. Oh, I was saying this movie. I guess, yeah, it wouldn't be a good band name. I was saying for this movie, it could have been the the fox and the flound. Uh-huh. And we could have just, it would have just been the same plot plot as the fox and the hound too, which was just about this I other see. band, not I about see. the main character. The problem is you said the, <laughs> the the fox and the flound, but you didn't say the fox and the flound too. And if you had, you said, said two. I said two under my breath after. Oh, okay. And then, and cause I realized that it, it's all about what, two. It's what's gotta, needed for the joke. Yeah, so yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Let's spend more time talking about this, I think. I think that's a good idea. Um, the Yeah, Flounder does want to go back. He's loyal. He says, I'll go and help you even if the others won't. And the rest of the band stays behind because they don't even know Ariel. And, you know, what do they care about any of this? Um, and so on their way back, uh, Ariel, Sebastian, and Flounder, they quickly run into Marina and her eel monsters, uh, which they think are like, like seaweed or kelp or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and a chase ensues, obviously. And 
Early on, Sebastian is very nearly caught. He manages to escape getting killed, but he ends up like in a fight against Marina while Ariel and Flounder run away from the eels. And there is... I love his fight with Marina. There's a... I think there's some... There's a... There's a borderline moment when he throws sea stars at her and it plays like Asian inspired music as oh, he's I didn't throwing catch the Asian. Yeah, he's <laughs> throwing sea stars like music. like ninja stars and it's playing like oriental sounding music, you know, like like it's it's very Yeah, we don't yeah. need the we don't need the 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 music behind it. Yes. He could throw the sea the stars. The sea stars good, fine, but, but making it sound like <laughs> Asian inspired music during I did not catch that. <laughs> it's yeah. just like a little bit on the edge. I mean, this movie Yeah. I mean, we're we're coming to a place where these things would be caught, you know? And cuz this is 2008 that this movie came is out. Is it 8? I thought it was... Or is it six? Oh, it is eight. Wow. Yeah, we're way Yeah, 2008. Late. Yeah, so we are... I mean, we are... You and me are like sophomores in high school when this comes out. Yeah, that's why nobody my age knows about this movie. Yeah, fair. Like, nobody knows about it because it came out when we were all in high school. Yeah, jeez. You know? And so we're entering... I feel like post-2010 is where things... Let's put it this ...started to this, become more... The year this um, came out... Barack Obama was elected president. Yes. So <laughs> I think we can move beyond those sorts of like racist little song cues or whatever. Yeah, that's it's pretty borderline. It's right on the edge of uh, um, but it's fine. It's brief. It's a brief moment. We move on past mm-hmm. it. I do love the 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 fight scene. I, I just think it's fun when Sebastian is fighting and he's out. He's able to outsmart her most of the time, mm-hmm. and it's it's just a fun. I I could watch the I, the fight scene could have been three times as long between him and her, and it would have been it would have held my attention because it was fun and interesting and, and witty, and it was cool. So once again, Kyle likes fights that involve animals. Uh, yes, he's a big fan. Um, again. And uh, eventually some eels corner Flounder and Ariel, and it seems like they're boned until at the last minute the band shows up, Kyle. You never see it yeah. coming. And they say <laughs> they say Flounder and Ariel by like knocking some rocks onto the eels and pulling Ariel and Flounder out of like the cave that they're in. But the eels don't stay down for long, and eventually, like, one of them starts chasing Flounder, and then the rest of them mm-hmm. corner the group. Um, and um, Sebastian continues his fight with Marina, that you love, uh, and he eventually tricks Marina into, like, he, like, goes into, like, a, a little opening, like a rock opening. I don't know what this is either. It's very similar to, like, the tunnels that they were playing music on. I don't know. He's in a a spot that she can't reach him. And so she swims really far up and comes diving down fast to like slam into the opening. And he Mm -hmm. leaves at the last second. So she gets stuck inside of like this rock tube, I guess would be the way to put it. Um, And right after that happens, Flounder and this eel come by and Sebastian clamps onto the eel to try to help Flounder. Flounder eventually uses the eel that's chasing him to like, he weaves in and out of all the other eels Ties them all up yeah, into a does big Do knot. the corkscrew or whatever. What he was does, that? He, was that a thing that they talked about? Yeah, it was a thing in the beginning when... When um, they were running from the swordfish guards? 
Yeah, and yeah. he's like, corkscrew, and he like corkscrews through the seaweed, and so she's like, do the corkscrew, and it's like, well, all I saw him do before was just swim in a circle, like, in like a corkscrew pattern, yeah. and this one he's like weaving in between them and wraps them all up into a giant knot of of eel. Yeah. So, um, so that's great. The um, the whole group they win. They sell. They're celebrating their victory. Kyle, they've got them all knotted up, um, but they're so busy celebrating that they don't notice King Triton arrive or the fact that Marina is on a ledge up above, and she is so. Fuck it, she hates Sebastian so much that she tries yeah. to suicide bomb down at him head first into yeah. the ground um, to squish him. And Ariel sees at the last minute and saves him, but she takes the brunt of the blow herself in the process. Mm. Um, King Triton goes to her unconscious body and lifts her, causing the music box to fall from her hand and open. Uh, the song begins the CGI. to play. Ugh, it looks so bad. Music box. It just, it's terrible. Ugh. Um, when I saw it, I did a CG sigh because I hate it so much. Uh, the song begins to play. He sadly sings along, which awakens Ariel. And he apologizes for not listening. And they head back home. Mm. Uh, I got I got one. I got one. It took me a while. I wish it was just a GI so I didn't have to see it. <laughs> Sorry, that was really good. Took, took, took me a while to, a, to get there, but you wish it was a GI. What is a GI in the GI Joe? What do you you don't see a GI Joe though. I'm just saying, I didn't want to see the the, the box. I guess so. I, wish I it think was it would GI, so I didn't have to see. I get it. it, but I think it would work better. Not to criticize your joke, it was a great joke, Kyle. I loved it. <laughs> but if the if GI meant something that was hard to see. Which you could, I mean, a GI is camouflaged, so... True. I guess that's fair. You know what? It works. It works. (laughs) On both levels. It's great. Um, First, I was thinking, like, GI track, like you were talking about gastrointestinal something. No, I just don't want to see this music box. And so, CGI. I get it. I get it! It's just that (laughs) a GI isn't... (laughs) Wishing it was a GI would work better if a GI was something that was invisible if you don't want to see it's it. true. It's not It's not a perfect. It was. You know what? It was perfect. Show. And I take back everything I said criticizing it, and it was <laughs> phenomenal. Sebastian begins narrating again as we wrap things up in Atlantica, where the king decrees that music is legal again, and he promotes Sebastian to the court composer role. Um, they swear Triton into their secret music society and everyone. I thought that was fun. It's like a little silly thing. I'm like, why would King Triton ever do this? But like, it's funny. He's cool now. So it's all good. Um, and then they're all happy and like celebrating and some like background song called I will sing plays. I didn't know that counted as a song. I don't know. Um, Triton flirts with some of those thick-ass mermaids from earlier. Yes, he does. And I was he's, like, all I, right. Like, immediately, I guess, music's back, so he's going to... He's moved on. Open himself Mo- up. He's moving on, yeah. finally. All right. Time to get a, some more kids out in this kingdom with different yeah. colored hair. Um, and uh, then he goes and places the music box in front of the statue of his wife, which makes it like... Like you said, it makes it more lush. Like color comes in around the area for yeah, some. Like spreads out, everything becomes more golden. Not sure what that magic is yeah. about. It's like holy cow, there's a lot of magic in this little music box, and I'm like, 
You know, and Sebastian knew about this music box the whole time. Why didn't he bring this out earlier? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't he know. didn't. The king wasn't ready yet, I guess. Um, and then everybody dances a Congo in the movie. So it's the end. But psych, there's a little, little pre-credit scene of Marina in jail where she's being reformed by Benjamin. Um, and then they start dancing, I guess. And then it's over, and we're free. We did it. That's it. <laughs> so happy. I have something to say. You have something to say. Okay. I have prepared something for this moment. Oh, good. Well, we have done it, Scott. The journey is complete. Walt has met us at the pearly gates of Disney World, and with open arms, he says, Well done, my good and faithful consumers. We have been through Bell's magical world and back. We have seen movies that were never meant to be movies. We have navigated the trilogy of the Lilo and Stitch sequels in the correct order. We've traversed the forest, the ocean, the jungle, even space. What was once a whole new world of movies is now just a part of our own. We have spent 35 hours watching these movies. And we have spent 66 hours talking about them. (laughs) 28 movies later, are we better men? Are we worse men? Have we changed at all? I don't know, but there is only one thing I know for certain. There is no going back to who we were before. The credits are rolling. The end. That's really beautiful, Kyle. That was really emotional. Yeah. I'm, I'm I have a follow-up question on your speech, though. <laughs> Yeah. Now, you're 66 hours of discussing it. Is that adding up the run times of our episodes, or is that including our two failed lost episodes that had to be re-recorded? Include, it does not include the failed episodes. It does include the rough estimate of how long I thought this episode would be. Okay. So with so those it, failed ones, <laughs> we're pushing 70 hours is all I want to say. Yeah, we are Good. pushing 70 hours, but we... Uh, I'm only counting official released episodes of this. Fair enough. And I'll also say, unfortunately, some of these movies I've watched twice, so I am at more than 35 hours of time watching them. Uh, Same. Yeah, (laughs) a couple of them. Horrific to think about. Um, (laughs) Wow. What a beautiful feeling. Ah, A sigh of relief. All right. And on that positive note, Kyle, we've spent a lot of time talking about the negative elements of this movie. But as you know, after so many episodes, we don't want to be all negativity. We like a little positivity. So I think we should talk about our best performers in The Little Mermaid, Ariel's Beginning. And I think you should go first because I I kind of don't know who to pick still. Uh, My best performer, it was um, one. I, I didn't necessarily want to pick this person because I've already given the award to him Mm -hmm. but this actor samuel e wright whenever sebastian is on screen it carries the movie for me he is uh, a central part that i already talked about his big reveal the character whenever he's singing the delivery of his lines it's just a perfect performance and nobody else really 
was that exciting to me other than like some of the band members. I like the band members voices, but they're not big enough. It's not big enough to give like a, a performance award to one of them. So uh, Samuel E. Wright gets my best performer award as Sebastian uh, posthumously gets the award. And um, this time I guess I'm going to give him a, a music box. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Sure. A trinket. So, yeah, that's it. All right. I got two ways I can go with this. I do think Samuel E. Wright deserves an award, or I could go an incredible, incredibly controversial direction to piss you off. And I'm I really. I think you should go a controversial because. We've are I think we both gave it. We have. He's first. gotten many so we awards. Need something yeah. He's, yeah. All right he's, then, he's in, Kyle. I'm giving my best performer award to Jeff Bennett as Benjamin the Manatee because <laughs> really, <laughs> the second time I watched the movie, the only time I laughed was when Marina asked for the key and he said. You, you told me never to give it to you in anger or whatever. Like, and that's the only time I laughed the second time watching this movie. Oh, so I think he's a horribly underused character, underwritten. He has no mm-hmm. part. He's sure. Animation is terrible on him. He looks like shit, like you said. But I like <laughs> the voice that Jeff Bennett does. And I would like to see more of him. He left me wanting much more than what and he that's gave. that's good. He, Jeff Bennett has been in many of these movies. Yes. And I don't know if he's gotten an award yet from us. I think he got one in... I think he played the axe in Beauty <laughs> and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas. <laughs> the Enchanted Christmas. And I think he got and one he got in that. The yes. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Well, excellent. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so there you go. I will also, I guess, give him a. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna gift him some better animation as his award. Oh, that would be yeah, nice. That would really spruce him up. I think. Um, make him CG. Uh, yes. We'll make him <laughs> just CG manatee. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, he can't look worse, so it's fine. Final thoughts. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, you go first. All right. My yeah, first thought first. I wrote down in all caps with four A's is fart. Uh, <laughs> this is a pretty mediocre, uninteresting footloose ripoff. Marina's a weak villain. Finloose. They could have called it Finloose. Finloose. That would have been great. I, I do. Because she doesn't have feet. So, yeah, that would have been. And then... And then the, they could call the Little Mermaid one retroactively. They could retitle it "Finn Lose" because she's trying to lose <laughs> her fins. So each each title, perfect. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And then the third one, I guess they could. Ooh, what do you, what would they call the third one, Kyle? Uh, Wait, you mean the uh, well, two? the third chronologically? Oh. I I should say. So okay. if this one's um, Finn Loose and the original gets changed to Finn Lose, then the third one, Finn Moore? Finn... Footloose. Footloose. There you go. Yeah, it's a comment because she's trying to become a mermaid. Yeah, perfect. Because Melody becomes a mermaid. Yeah. There it is. That's a perfect... Footloose. Perfect not confusing <laughs> titles. That's what they should have called them. Was Finn Loose, Finn Lose, Footloose. And then you still would have foot- been better than 
Stitch the movie <laughs> Lilo and Stitch Two <laughs> and Leroy, Leroy and Stitch. Stitch. <laughs> Most confusing trilogy of all time. Um, okay, I said. Marina is like a bland, kind of nothing villain. Like uh, she wants more power, but not even like to be the ruler. She just wants a better job, you know. Like this is like it's she not does. even like a satisfying goal that she has. She wants to she be wants promoted to, to upper management. Yeah. Like oh boy, what a villain! Um, the songs are not memorable, especially for a movie about music. Like, especially there's like not that much yeah. in it, which is like original songs. Um, like I said before, they make it too much. The Triton is just like an overbearing asshole in the movie. And it's just not fun to watch for most of it. Um, mm-hmm. It feels lifeless. Like I said, uh, we don't really see the other mermaids outside of like one scene. You know, I wish that we saw more of the citizens of Atlantica and how it impacted them to have no music. Uh, it just feels very desolate and kind of depressing and bleak. I will say on a positive side, the animation in the movie is good. Like it looks good. The underwater animation for the most part at least does. There's some wonky parts that we highlighted like the CG and when they do the conga line or while they're singing acapella or whatever. Like it just doesn't look right for a mermaid to move that way. Um, And the score outside of the musical numbers is great. Ultimately though, I think that this is one of the weaker, most unnecessary feeling movies that we've covered because it does not add virtually anything to The Little Mermaid 1 for this to exist. It does not even feature the key elements of Ariel's personality from the first movie. Mm -hmm. It does not explain the origins of those elements, nor does it explain the origin of the villain or anything that's happening in the first movie other than Sebastian's role as the court composer. That is the one element that it answers for me of the original movie. I would say this is my least favorite of the Little Mermaid movies that we have watched. And I didn't really like Little Mermaid 2 very much. Yeah. I give this 1.5 out of 5. Jumps in the line. Rock your body now. Good. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. Oh, scathing a scathing review mm-hmm. for this one mine's a, a little bit higher um but yeah my problem is it just this movie just doesn't take like risks you know it, it's the villain is not compelling i think it makes a lot of sense that it was supposed to be ursula in the beginning and maybe they were just banking on this being an origin story for her mm-hmm. you know give her a minor character arc flaw that provide that gives her more of motivation later to hate everybody type thing um something along those lines maybe um uh jumps along those lines uh yeah i mean although there are fun moments in this movie it's just generally forgettable like a a day later after seeing it like a just had already forgotten a lot of the movie but there are some fun parts. I do like the band, and I like Sebastian. But everything that you said about Ariel not seemingly anything like Ariel in the first one, like there's nothing about her wanting to know more about the humans or you know anything like that. It's just it's not there. Flounder's different. Um, I think it hits some of the right notes, but fails to make a memorable melody. And... Uh, yeah, 
I gave it I gave it a little bit higher. Two point five out of five star fish. Mm. But when so, when you throw those starfish, it plays like some Asian inspired yeah, music, right? Some, <laughs> yeah, some Asian inspired starfish. <laughs> throwing starfish. Two point five out of five throwing starfish. And there it is. Our final reviews of these Disney movies. But Kyle, there's one more critic who's been yeah, anxiously waiting his possibly his final appearance for a long time on the podcast. I didn't tell him because I didn't know when the next one's going to be unless he watches one of these Christmas movies with us. Possibly. But it's Cash's Corner. Okay, Cash. What movie did we just watch? Uh, Little Mermaid Free. Yeah, Ariel's Beginning. What did you think of it? Good. Good? What was your favorite part? My favorite part was when when Ariel's dad sent the guard sent the fish guards to find Ariel. Why was that your favorite part? Because, because Ariel was lost. Oh, and you wanted to find Ariel. Yes. Yeah. Nice. What would you rate the movie? Two. Two. Out of what? One. Wow, very good rating. Cool. <laughs> I swim like this. You're swimming like a, you're like a mermaid. Are you a mermaid? Merman? <laughs> okay. You really, you really broke his brain there by asking if he was a mermaid. <laughs> yeah, really... he was just like, just completely, what? He's like, am I? What? Am I a mermaid? Am I a mermaid? by a merman 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 mermaid man and barnacle boy Ooh, that'd be a great costume for cammy and cash right there that would be great <laughs> um yeah well i'm glad he liked it at least so way to cash we went out on a strong note and <laughs> kind of rude of your dad to ask you why you like the guards the guards are great swordfish are great so yeah, it was. I didn't understand what he liked about King Triton sending the guards to get Ariel. I was like, "What?" He likes. Know, he so. likes seeing a man in power that he can respect, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> Ever since he saw you crying during, um, oh God, what, <laughs> during Fox in the House, yes, he's, he's lost his respect. Yeah. So King Triton's a real father. <laughs> Yeah, that's what he said. That's why he's been saying, what are you going to do, cry, little baby? <laughs> been saying that to me when I come home from work. I don't know. It's weird. It's fine. You're being bullied by your by your four-year-old. Four-year-old. Yeah. yeah. That happens. It's a tough world out there. Um, speaking of bullies, <laughs> it's time for us to bully some people on the yeah, Disney on Wiki. The, internet. <laughs> the Disney Wiki, which we may not visit for no, a while we're who gonna knows? miss i don't know the disney wiki i mean who knows what kind of pe- there's more disney movies we're gonna do yeah. but i don't know how far the disney wiki reaches how far the insanity reaches especially yeah. i mean listen we know the disney wiki goes far because there is a page dedicated to the bell from hunchback of notre dame 2 it is an extensive yeah. wiki <laughs> okay now this is going to be where there's a lot on this movie, but we're not, we're not going to have time to highlight it all because, like I alluded to earlier, there is one completely deranged comment 
in mm-hmm. my mind that just needs can't to wait. be read. You read like part of it in the beginning. Yeah. And I can't wait to hear this comment. It all... I will say before you start, okay. though, one interesting thing I, I noticed about reading through these comments on the Disney Wiki is I think we've grown up with a lot of these people through going through these movies. Because mm-hmm. this is now 2008 and beyond. And I feel like a lot of the comments were had bigger words in them, had more uh, thought put into them. So I think that these people who are commenting are, they're older, maybe an older audience. They've, they've posted in the past, I don't know. And now they're, they're older and have more coherent thoughts mm. is what I saw. Still deranged, but coherent. Still deranged. Harrison Stoller's become a man now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's all over this one. He too. is. It's Harrison Stoller and Weedle McHarrybug are the two that are leaving the most comments that I see on it. Um, which this thread actually begins. So the big comment I want to read, I'll get to it in a second, but it begins with Harrison Stoller himself, this thread of comments. Um, which is that he says, I know who to blame for canceling the rest of the sequels. John Lasseter! To which another user, Disney for Disney, responds that like, Walt Disney himself didn't want sequels, so John Lasseter is doing the right thing by getting rid of them, right? And Harrison Stoller responded by saying, I don't care if Walt Disney never thought of any sequels. (gasps) And another person lets him know that, lets Harrison know that he is um, literally disrespecting the dead now by saying that about Walt Disney or whatever. It was fine. Um, That's what made me click on this thread, because I saw Harrison Stoller arguing with somebody so i was interested but there is another comment the disney wiki's so weird because the responses don't even seem like they're in response to anything half the time you know yeah so this is a long comment by weedle McCarrybug left on september 13th 2014 in this long comment chain that harrison stoller was in and it begins as i read to you kyle Does anyone know John Lasseter's email address? I was thinking of pitching an idea for him to allow an exception to be made regarding the current sequels ban regarding Beauty and the Beast. Namely, an actual sequel that will cover the events of the French Revolution and the horrors that it inflicted. (laughs) The actual events and violence will be toned down somewhat in order to keep it under an R rating and be suitable for kids with some parental guidance. But they this is with Beauty and the Beast. Yes, like, yeah. I don't with even the know characters why. Characters of Beauty and the Beast. Uh huh. This will be with Beauty okay. and the Beast. Right. Oh, don't worry. We're not even ten percent into this comment yet. <laughs> Just all right. This the baby's long. Uh, okay. In order to keep it under an R rating, be suitable for kids with some parental guidance. But they still need to be played somewhat seriously, so kids would realize the French Revolution, contrary to what their schools may have taught them, especially in the public setting, was not actually a good event, much less comparable to the American Revolution. Think of a Beauty and the Beast meets the Killing Fields. Maybe a combination of Beauty and the Beast and Schindler's List for a good idea of what I'm getting at. (laughs) What? Demented. We've gone from deranged to demented. 
Glenn Keane indicated that Beauty and the Beast took place during the lead-up to the French Revolution, so it would make it a natural fit. It also would work in potentially exploring Belle's characterization during this event. One of the flaws in her characterization of being a book lover in the original film, heck, most mediums, is that they never actually gave any indication of whether Belle was able to discern evil in written works as well as she was able to discern actual people's nature like she did with Gaston. For all we know, she could just as easily be as shallow as the triplets in that respect, and that would carry far worse implications to what she may do during the French Revolution, since most of the Jacobin club were big Rousseau and Voltaire fans, even Sade fans. If it turns out she becomes somewhat of an anti-hero slash villain, she'll learn her lesson by the end of the movie. Heck, maybe they can surprise us and actually have Belle being against the revolution and even its enlightened fathers such as Voltaire and Rousseau, proving she can actually discern evil in their works. Certainly, it can win back a lot of those of us who liked Belle but became distrustful of her and disillusioned after some terrible college experiences with professors who abused their position what? as intellectual what? superiors and mentors what is happening? To, base, to basically push a political agenda using falsehoods or various so-called intellectuals who basically promoted communism and atheism as well as tried to destroy Christianity since at least the age of enlightenment, if not the age of reason. Kyle, we're halfway through this comment right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? This person is wild. <laughs> Dad, okay. this is... Now, Kyle. As, this is a problem. As they continue. I realize the sequel might nearly go into cynical territory, and he definitely would not like the cynical approach, as as he and his first film, Toy Story, can attest to how they how that approach nearly ruined Pixar, thanks to Katzenberg. However, compared to the 1989 screenplay of the film, the final film was actually surprisingly cynical in its outlook, despite it being allegedly lighthearted and softer. For instance, the Gaston reprise has, Gas, has Gaston blatantly admitting that he was going to conduct a heinous plan with no redeeming or practical value, with everyone cheering him on with full knowledge. Belle oh effectively gosh. backstabbed her friends late into the film in such an incredulously stupid way that even Homer Simpson would realize what she did was utterly stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he would. He, even, he Homer would. even Homer Simpson. Heck, Belle herself, despite being implied to be internal beauty personified basically came across most times to have a lot of internal ugliness and her foils actually came across as being more internally beautiful from their actions and that's not even sorry i'm just i'm, I'm having to flag this comment because <laughs> i heard you say heck oh i'm sorry yeah it's, i know we got to report that that's strong <laughs> language here in this disney wiki Continue, please. Okay. Um, and that's not even getting into how the Enchantress basically screwed Beast over by making it virtually, if not completely impossible, for anyone to attempt to undo the spell, especially when the only reason it did get broken was due to sheer dumb luck. And I think this sequel might actually be needed to actually teach kids about the dangers of the French Revolution, especially when <laughs> schools now and these days are more likely to glorify it than actually cover the carnage. Uh, and even if they were, 
they just blame Robespierre for it all and still cheering for the bloodshed of several Christians by the Jacobin's hand. I know I had that experience in high school with one of my history teachers, and there was some degree of this even before then if they covered the French Revolution. So there would be more going into this sequel than just the money. And considering the state of some of our kids coming out of public school, even without Common Core, this is definitely necessary. We probably also need to market it very well as well, to ensure everyone can see it and thus get the message. So far, the only times the French Revolution is being exposed is in churches and certain conservative books. And let's face it, that's not going to be enough, especially with the sway schools have on our kids, which was also founded by one of the founders of the revolution, Rousseau. End of comment. Mike, drop. <laughs> this is a comment I... on a movie, The Little Mermaid, <laughs> Ariel's Beginning. <laughs> Where is, what is John Lasseter's email? He needs to He's hear got, about this. John, we got something you're gonna wanna hear, buddy. I, yeah, I need a scene, <laughs> I need a scene where Belle decides to, to in order to support her, her, bastard child mm-hmm. she needs to go into prostitution so we can get a bell's rendition of i dreamed a dream of course and i think having gaston uh saying empty chairs and empty tables in his bar you know oh, yeah after losing a lot of his friends mm-hmm. i i really i'm kind of on board with this you know i'm i'm just a thousand percent down with this and kyle do you find that the church is the only place that you're getting the truth about the french revolution does that Amen. come up and and a lot of yeah. your services. It's part of Sunday school. Cash, Cash is Sunday school. He came back one week and talked about the French Revolution. It was strange. The week before was like about obeying your parents, and then yeah. the next week was yeah, yeah. Dad, Dad, why is Rousseau. what's why yeah. is Voltaire a bad man? What's why is Rousseau so evil, Dad, Dad? Or like, he's bad. Jeez. Uh, so that was insane, and I thought it was a good final note to leave the wiki on for now. Was that good lord? Yes, yeah. I bet this Weedle McHarry bug like loves Hunchback of Notre Dame, oh, Dom, obviously, but like probably thinks it's not dark enough. Oh, like, you know, we should have seen more of of what's his, of Frollo choking people from behind. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, they're like a textbook example of somebody to me, this this uh, Weedle McCary bug who, like, writes to sound as intelligent as possible, but n- but, but they're saying pure nonsense, you know? Like, it's like they, they yeah. sound smart, but it's nothing coming it's out. Just it's just pure nonsense. But they have a lot of comments. They really on, do. I'm on their page. Yeah, it's 2,826 posts, but they've also edited a lot. They've had 11,111 edits. Ooh, do you think they stopped there on the purpose? Because that's such a perfect number. I would. Yeah. Like, If you do even one more, then like you have to commit to at least getting it back to all twos or something. You know, like that's so much. All right, Kyle. Well, enough of the weekly wiki. Do you want to play a game? Uh, yeah, let's do it. Well, Kyle, it turns out that King Triton heard Marina's awful song and decided to outlaw music again. 
In a what? desperate bid to change his mind and show him how wonderful music can be, Ariel has used his magic trident to teleport the singers of various famous songs to Atlantica to use their Ooh. beautiful melodies to change his heart. Unfortunately, wonderful. without their bands to back them up and with a lack of oxygen to fuel their brains underwater, they're having trouble remembering exactly how their songs go, Kyle. They can't keep it straight. Oof. So it's your job to identify these famous, out-of-order, acapella, underwater renditions of songs so that you can tell the fish band what to play and help remind the singers how the song goes to save music in Atlantica. But act quick, because these singers don't have long to survive. So, okay. this is another game where the faster you answer, the more points you get. Because oh, okay. I think they're all... Very easy to guess what they are. Because um, I really, we've both struggled to come up with the game, I feel like. Yes, uh, we did. For this week. Yes. So. And spoiler alert, Kyle's already heard one of these guys, so he should get it pretty quick. Uh, but we'll see, you know. I didn't tell him what it was, but he's heard it. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Um, so yes, we are playing the game called... Under the Sing nice. is what I'm going to call it nice. <laughs> right now. Good. Okay, good. Uh, you, it's just like the last game, first 10 seconds, three points, 20 seconds, two points, anytime after 20 seconds, one point. You want a total of eight out of 15 points to change King Triton's mind. Just over 50%. Are you ready, Kyle? Do you feel confident? I, yeah, I'm ready. He's ready. Yeah, this is going to be easy, all right, dude. Then. Underwater music. I listen to music underwater all the time. That's the only way you listen. That's that's what I know about you. All right. Then let me, Kyle, share my screen. So round one. Yeah! Yay! Hey. Yay! Yeah! Yay! I'm worth it, what? So that's the one that you sent me before. Yes. And I have to come clean that I had to look it up <gasps> because I couldn't. I didn't know. You were like, well, you're already going to get points off you the You could have just lied. I, was like, I set you up to I get know. three free points. I couldn't do it. Oh, no. I couldn't lie. It smells, uh, it smells like Teen Spirit, it right? It is smells like Teen yeah. Spirit. Because I was like, I have heard this, but oh man, I do not, could not remember it. And it took me to the last like section of it to figure it out. So well, this doesn't bode well for Atlantica <laughs> and its chances of music that now you have to get eight points and four questions. Easy, easy, easy peasy. All right, folks. Well, then Kyle, I hope you're ready because here comes round two right now. recognize it at all he doesn't <laughs> recognize it at all kyle that is the song take on me by aha 
which I figured for sure the high note at the end would be the would be a give a gimme. The, I couldn't understand. I couldn't. I couldn't place it. I just, yeah, no. I couldn't get I it. I will say. Before anyone accuses me of this game being unfair, I did test all of these on Celia, and she got all of them. So it is doable <laughs> at the minimum. <laughs> all right. Well, Kyle, whew, your only Atlantica's only hope now is for you yeah, to get is that I all of these perfect. I get all of them perfectly. Yeah. I will say round two, I think, was the hardest to get quickly. Maybe so. Okay. So you know, you still got a shot. There's still a shot here, Kyle. Round three, you're going to come in strong right now. Zero points so far, but you're about to come in strong. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. Well, here comes round three. We're getting full points. This is it. Full points. Round three. Everything turned around. I've never heard that song in my life. You have absolutely heard heard this song in your life. This is You Can Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. You can go your own way. Go your own way. I don't know why this is so hard for me. I can't. (laughs) It's not even close. I thought this was going to be so easy for you. This is great. It even takes me a second after you give me the (laughs) name to like place what it was. I... I love it though. I'm glad that it turned out to be much harder than I suspected. <laughs> well, when you texted me, when you showed yeah. me the first one, yeah. I immediately said do it because I was just like, no, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> and so that's, yeah. So I knew that it would be harder than what you thought, but I didn't think, I thought I would get at least a point. All right. So well, this, far. listen, it's fine because you're going to get the, ne- I'm really, I actually don't think you're going to get the next one. I thought the round four was the one I think you would be the least hey, likely to get. You've been surprised get, so. so far. That's true. So this is it. All right, this is it then. Round four is Kyle's big comeback round right now. It's going to happen. Round four, everybody. I ain't tell you no lie. Mm-hmm. I got to keep searching for my baby. Such a pleasant stay. Oh, sometimes I grow so tired. Do, 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 my baby. That's all. That's all. Nothing. Nothing. You don't even have an inclination of what band it could be based on the singer's voice. Aerosmith. No, <clears throat> Kyle. Unfortunately, this is Led Zeppelin's "Ramble On" that you were listening to. That was uh, Robert yeah, Plant himself. If, not sure if I've if I know that one. You know "Ramble On." It's pretty. It's a pretty big hit. They play it a lot. It's the ramble on. Boom, 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 Sing my song. It plays all the time. You know it. If I played it, you'd know it. Well, you know, it's fine. I'm not going to play it, but uh, I can't believe how much I'm feeling. This is great. Okay, folks. King Triton has issued a decree. He feels so bad for Kyle that if Kyle can just even. Get this next one. <laughs> He's going to allow music back in the land. And I really think Kyle's going to get this next one. I okay. really do. If there's, This is the one for you. This is it. This, this is for it. For all the marbles, all right. guys. Round five. Now. 
That was Michael Jackson. Right. Correct. That was Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. That was ABCs. Kyle, there's no music in Atlantica. Because that was... No! That was... No! I want you back. That's not the same song? It is not the same song. Those are two different songs. Ah! Wow, folks. I just need to... I don't even know. I need to punish myself. The upset of... The century. <laughs> Just a giant goose egg. <laughs> it's, it's very Nothing. rare to see a big bad zero. If you did better on Under the Sing, tweet at us, hashtag better than Kyle. <laughs> uh, feel better. free to let us know if you were able to score more. <sighs> I would genuinely love it if you tweeted that at us, and I'll retweet every single one of you. So please do me a favor. I want to know. Yeah. I want to see how many people, because it just would be, I would just laugh if it was just like, yeah, I got four out of five or like five out of five for most of them. And it's just, I just couldn't do it. I don't know why. It's just so hard. I, so. I'm glad that it was harder than I thought. That gives me, at least got the singer on the last one. That's, you know, yeah. at least, but you got, that's, that's good. That's, you know what? That's pretty good. Kyle, you got one singer, <laughs> one singer, zero points. You could have given yourself a free three points by just lying. By just playing along. But that's not me, man. Uh, can't be a liar. He's not going to act out of character like he's Flounder in The Little Mermaid Ariel's beginning. Yeah. Yeah, that's not Kyle's style. Well, I couldn't bring myself to confidently, immediately just say, it's just like <laughs> Dean Spirit. Just, no. And then it would have been so obvious. Yeah, I know, when you got none when of the rest of I would have gotten this. none of the rest of them. <laughs> well, Kyle, let's... Let's leave your failures in the past and let's look toward your future. Oh, which yes. is, I think you have a triumphant future ahead of you, wouldn't you say, Kyle? Because you're in charge of what's next on this podcast. Yes. Hark the angels sing. We are doing Christmas month next Woo! with Christmas movies. We're going to have a holly jolly time. The next four weeks, going over two of my favorite made-for-TV movies, Christmas movies, and two that I haven't seen before. Mm. So I'm very excited for this for this month. Our uh, order, the first one we got going, is going to be the Missile Tones, and then that's next week. That's next so, uh, week. Should I just should I just say what we're doing? I think you should list all just... four weeks so people can you know prep in advance because they're going to want to watch all. Oh this, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean. I think that these are. This is a great force selection, honestly, of of ones to watch. Um, we got Mistletones first week. Second week, we're doing Christmas Story two. Didn't know it existed. We're gonna, but we're doing Christmas Story two with guest. We're bringing back uh, a guest from our Little Mermaid, from our first Little Mermaid episode. My wife Cecilia is gonna come back on that episode, hopefully, uh, because Christmas Story Ooh. is her flat. No. No uh, qualifiers, favorite movie. Not even favorite Christmas movie. Her favorite movie wow. is a favorite Christmas story. Movie. She loves that movie. So Good. I'm sure she's so, going to love more of the story. <laughs> Christmas. You said a Christmas story, too, is her favorite Yeah, that movie. one. Yes, that one's a bar yeah. none, her favorite. Great. I'm ex- yeah. <laughs> excited for that one, yeah. then. Followed the next week, we're going to be doing the 12 Dates of Christmas. And that is going to be a fun one. It's one of it's one of these 
bad Christmas movies that I frequently rewatch, mm. probably every other year. Did we? So. so we that is one that I've seen as well. That I think we've done a podcast on before in the past years ago, right? Oh, we did. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Back in our that's funny old Husky Radio days. Oh, the old Husky Radio. But that was a so long a time ago. Movie. I don't yeah. remember anything about it, so I'm excited to. Give we did. It a watch. That was a much different format yes. for reviewing that. <laughs> yeah. I think we probably just talked about it for a little bit. Yes, I think so. Twelve dates of Christmas. With and oh then, wait, I do want to say we'll probably have a guest on Twelve Dates of Christmas as well. Have to verify with him. But we might be getting Mitch back from our Mulan 2 episode. But just got to confirm he's available for that movie. And that will be very exciting. And then we are going to finish the month up with Christmas Vacation 2, which is just shocking that I've never seen it because I love Christmas Vacation. You keep not using the full title of the movie, Kyle. Oh, yes. Sorry. (laughs) The full title. Please read it. Do you have the full title? Uh, I believe, I don't have it up, but I believe it's Christmas Vacation 2 colon Cousin Eddie's Island Adventure. Mm -hmm. I do think that is the the title of the movie. So that's going to be phenomenal, I'm sure. (laughs) So, yeah, that's that's our Christmas month coming up. I'm going to be doing the summaries of the episodes, and it's going to be a blast. A holly jolly time, like I said before. Yes, absolutely. I am very excited for it, A, to not have to do the summaries, and B, to not have to watch animated kids' movies, because I already miss the glory of Halloween month so much that I'm very much looking forward to watching some movies with actual people in them, although I have a suspicion the quality on at least half of the movies we're covering is going to be... Much worse than the Halloween month that we did. Uh, yeah, well, Halloween month was like, yeah, straight up bang. Yeah, it was like, oh, here's some all-time classic 70s like movies, and here we're doing, Chris, we're doing two sequels that are like 20 years too late to Christmas yeah. classics <laughs> with like nobody returning to work on them. So it's gonna be great. Uh, so next week is Mistletones, Scott. I want to ask you, what? you think the Mistletones movie is about? Because you said you did want to guess. Yeah, I would like Based to... on just seeing that and the picture of the okay of the movie. My guess is maybe we're going to get some sort of like a Pitch Perfect-esque competition. Singing, but Christmas-themed. Maybe some sort of caroling competition. A rivalry <laughs> between two people at like a church that have some sort of, I don't know. They don't like each other, and they have different caroling groups. That's my guess for the plot of the movie. You are spot on. (laughs) This movie came out in the wake of Pitch Perfect. It was essentially just let's capitalize on this acapella era of movies, and there is a competition in there. So it's it's fun. It it is it is one of these a lot of these Christmas a lot of the made for TV movie. Like Christmas movies are really bland and kind of the same plot. Yeah. So I like the ones that are different, and this is ish different. You know, it's got a at least a gimmick to it. So I'm excited for it. You should be excited if you're listening. But it's on Disney Plus. It is on Disney Plus. Watch so. it there. But that's it for this week, right, Kyle? Yeah. So that should do it for this week's episode of the Made for TV podcast and for this mini series. So let's turn off the TV. 
pop out the DVD. If you're listening and like what you hear, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, please remember to also follow us on social media at Made for TV Podcast. That's at Made the Number Four TV Podcast. Thank you to Chris Ratzbap for our theme song. Thank you to Maggie for our artwork. Until next week, I am Scott. And I'm Kyle. Goodbye. And that's it. I'm not going to add it. There's nothing else. That's it. It's over. It's done. We're finished. Get out of here. Just quit listening. The episode's over. Kyle probably already stopped recording. He's such an idiot. He can't even fucking respond right now. Kyle, say nothing if you're say nothing if you're a big idiot with a fart brain, a fart head. Say nothing if your head is full of farts, Kyle. Ooh, his head's full of farts. All right, bye. <laughs>